The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Ball sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and surname FC. What is up, everybody? Uh, welcome again, once again, to Insert Name FC, a member of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You can find us on all things podcasting from Spotify, Apple, Pandora, anywhere you get your podcasts, you'll find us there. We're also available on YouTube. If you're listening to us on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe. We're trying to build this up over here on YouTube. It is pretty tricky for us because, um, one, we're idiots. Um, and then, of course, if the reason why we have this on video is because of, of Gold TV. Gold TV is basically the Hulu of American soccer content. So if you guys want the Americans' perspective in the game and or you're just a fan of a certain American, uh, American soccer team and you just can't find the contact, I guarantee you Gold TV will have it. So check out Gold TV, GOLZ.TV for that. Um, but obviously joining me is my best friend. And the other host of the show. You might not see his face, but right there behind that insert name FC logo is my best friend, Aaron Robles. Hey, what's up, guys? I completely forgot last week that uh, Thanksgiving was going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so I apologize. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Um, hopefully, well, Black Friday isn't the same anymore. Like, it, it used to be different, but now, and now, like, no, now maybe the Black Friday feels like earlier now. Everything. Well, no, not even that. If, if anything, it's mostly online. Every, yeah, everything's online. Everyone's like, oh, it's because of the pandemic. No, this, it's been like this for a while now. Like, now that online shopping's a thing. Um, Me, personally, I'm just not a fan of going. I, I hate going to the mall. I'm just going to tell you that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hate going to stores. You hate going to the mall? It is such a task, man. Like, it, like here's the thing. It's, it's a pain to find parking, depending okay. on when you go. Parking could be a pain. And then secondly, it's not that you can just go to the mall for one thing. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just, I'm just going to go there to get my thing from Liz. You know, like, I, you know, you kind of yeah. have to make it a day. Not to say, right. like, spending your whole day at the mall, but I mean, like, actually, like, make make multiple, go there for multiple reasons. Not, like, just go there for one store and then leave, you know, like. Right. So, so like that's the reason, one of the reasons why I don't like really going to the mall. And then also, you always have those people that like bug you, um, you know the ones that you know the ones from the key, the guys on the kiosks, um, that like try to sell you on this cologne or, or some fake Gucci bag or this, uh, salt from the from the Dead Sea in the Mediterranean that's gonna help clear my skin. Um, that actually happened today, actually. Hmm. So, so my hand is. Not that not that my hands were rough or anything. Obviously, I'm not like a construction worker. Like, I don't work in any like really like tough blue collar type of jobs. You know what I mean? But like, I did have like some. I, I would say I, for for a blogger, I had some pretty rough hands. 
Um, but now it's gone. Like it, my it is as soft as a baby. Um, so that's kind of depressing. Uh, but because I mean, they literally just like slapped the 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 sea salt on my on my hand, and so I'm like, what? what I mean, there's nothing I could do now. So I had to start freaking listen to his whole spiel, try to make me buy like three hundred dollars worth of freaking lotion and stuff. Didn't do it, but it, it was just a pain. I just hate going to the mall. I hate it. Like I can just get everything done online. That's like I, that's been my online is such more of a relief. Like I hate going to stores now. Yeah. Unless it's a grocery store. Well, uh, that made that made me feel fat. <laughs> that, <laughs> that made me feel so fat saying that. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. <laughs> I only like to go to one store. That's called the grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> this is Oh man, yeah, I'm gonna feel so fat from here when I hear this uh, on Friday. So you're gonna feel fat on Friday. I mean, I'm fat in general, but I mean, it's just not gonna help my <laughs> ego. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways. Um. This past weekend, awesome, awesome soccer stuff. But uh, this episode is actually going to be more centered towards the conclusion of the international break. There's two big things that happen. International break, of course. U.S. men's national team has finished their international break, so we'll recap. Uh the international break for the U.S. men's national team, share our thoughts. Was it good? Was it great? The good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll we'll talk all about that. Um, the MLS Cup conference semifinals are over this weekend. This coming weekend is the MLS conference finals, which if you guys want to want us to simplify, it's the, it's the semifinals. So semifinals are coming up. Um, I am not going to spoil anything, but we do have Jose Tejas from Gold TV joining me to talk about the MLS Cup semifinals or conference finals, however you want to, however you want to say it. But I am very excited. I'm not going to lie to you. I am going to be biased. So, <laughs> because hey, at, least, at least you, because I got, I got a horse in the race. <laughs> at least you, you, you've got a, you're man enough to admit it. Yeah. So, not going to shy from it. I'm not gonna apologize for winning. So so there's that. Um Liga Mekis, the play in is done and over with. Me and Edward will definitely share our opinions on that because that was a thing. And uh, right. re- and then preview the quarterfinals for the Liga Mekis Apertura, which you know, Liga Mekis playoffs also super fun. It's one of my favorite playoffs. I mean, there's only two soccer leagues that do playoffs, so but I mean, still, I enjoy watching the League of Mackey's playoffs. It's been something that I've enjoyed since, I don't know, like, I really got into it in middle school. I've been watching it since I was a kid, but, like, in middle school is actually when I started giving a damn. But um, it's a fun league. That's all I got to say. It's a fun league. Uh, we're going to announce our players of the week, give you guys some games to look forward to. There is a big, big final coming up that, uh, I, well, I mean, I guess not really big because it's, we're talking about the youth level, but still – Pretty big, pretty huge. Um, and then we're going to wrap this show up by we're going to look at a list that was dropped a while back. It was the worst, pl- the worst places to go on a first date. So me and Edward, we're going to we're going to share our, our love experience, which is very little um, to, and share our thoughts on these worst places to go on a date. Damn. First date. We'll be more specific on that one. But okay. yeah. But yeah, so that that's going to be it's going to be a big episode. 
So we're actually not going to do overreactions this week. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll go straight to headlines. Hey guys, this is Hector from the Insert Name FC podcast here to tell you guys about Candidips. It is a great tasting, superior alternative to traditional dip using CBD in a way that is radical, enjoyable, and effective. It comes in five core flavors, wintergreen, mint, citrus, mango, and American spice. Candidip CBD is the new evolution in dip, allowing guys to enjoy great, long-lasting taste without the downsides. If you guys want to go ahead and try them out, use the code BELLYUP20 at CandidateCBD.com. Once again, BELLYUP20 at CandidateCBD.com, and you'll get yourself 20% off your purchase. Thank you again for Candidips for being a great partner of Belly Up Sports. And we're back. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and the X, formerly known as Twitter, at InsertNameFC. You can also find us on TikTok where we drop some some clips from our our recorded episodes um, on there. So if you guys want to go ahead and check that out, it's insert.name.fc on the TikTok. I need to start getting back on making um, random TikTok videos. Maybe I'll maybe uh, piss people off again with a blind top 10. Maybe. I don't know. But first headline, it is the Argentina versus Brazil game. Now, last week we talked about the craziness that happened in the Argentina-Uruguay game. Now we're going fast forward, which you guys already know the score because I gave you guys the update. But, um, yeah, obviously Argentina beat Brazil 1-0. But this game, look, I, I, I've i said it. There, this is a rivalry. This is a heated rivalry. And when you, if you guys need to know, soccer in from south of the border, which means Mexico all the way down, it, 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 be careful when you wear certain colors. That's all I got to say, you know. Be careful yeah, about that's that. Yeah, true. And now you're talking about two of the best te- two of the best countries in the world when it comes to the game, which is Argentina and Brazil. Both have shit out amazing, talented players for years and years and years, starting with Pele, and then we've had legends like Maradona. Now we have Lionel Messi. We have Ronaldinho, Ro- uh, Ronaldo, the, the real Ronaldo. Um, okay, I don't know why I said that. I like Cristiano Ronaldo too. Um, and, and you know Neymar and all these names, all these names that have come from these con- from these two countries specifically, and I'm 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 missing on a lot of them, and I'm not dissing them by any means, but because they're both good, both both of them do have World Cups on their names, um, also have won multiple Copa Americas, um, and it's also safe to assume that there's a lot of Copa Libertadores that also have been won from these two countries, so there's a rivalry between these two. I mean, it's fair to say it's probably one of the bigger rivalries in the world. Um, I'm sure there's people that are going to say something bigger, but this is definitely one. I think the biggest part, at least, I don't know how you feel, Edward, but the argument would be who, 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 well, not, not who develops, who, who creates the most soccer icons, I guess you could say, from these two countries. It's a hard one. I mean, they all have their players that they married. I mean, you got, like you say, you got Messi. Um, you got El Fenomeno, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Rivaldo, Romario. Um, uh, you got, uh, on Argentina side, you got uh, Messi, Maradona, Hernan Crespo, Juan Verón. Um, este, Riquelme. who does he have? Riquelme. Oh, yeah, how can I forget him? Riquelme. Um, you, you, you have various numbers of and players. Who, um, <laughs> no, Javier Mascherano. Este, 
even though he wasn't La Vesi, La Vesi was good. He was a dog. He was a dog. Yeah, he has moments. Yeah. So he um that's that's one that's one um uh, that they got a lot of a lot of names that you know. Yeah, mostly definitely. I named like midfielders and strikers because it's like the ones I mostly follow, mostly yeah. know. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's like you got in Brazil, you got uh, Ricardo Kaká. So it's like you, you got players of, of high caliber. A lot of ball um, doors. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Yeah. Diego so, Simeone, you know, Diego Simeone. What a guy. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so before the game even started, a fight broke out on in in the stands, um, which uh, good job tickets. Well, I mean, there's nothing you can do about ticket sales. Like if there's a ticket available, you know, you're gonna sell it. But, um, I mean, you can't. There's really nothing you can do to avoid like fa- fans, and that's just in general in all sports. But obviously, with the hostility between Brazil and Argentina, and and I mentioned in the previous episode that basically everybody in Latin America hates Argentina, so we get it. Um, but and then you add the fact that this is a rivalry game, a big, big game, especially for Brazil, because obviously they're kind of down bad in, in, in World Cup qualifying. But uh, so you have all that drama going into this game. And like I said, you got to be careful. And, and you're crazy enough. You're in Brazil. So you're in you're Argentina. You're going in Brazil to watch, you know, Argentina play against Brazil. Um, So it is one of those things that like, you know, Go in with caution because um, say the wrong thing or make do the wrong action, things can things can go to very crazy, from calm to just insane in the ne- in, in just a matter of seconds, which is what happened because mm-hmm. a fight broke out before <clears throat> kickoff uh, between between some Argentinian fans and some Brazilian fans, um, which ended up leading to police action, which is not shocking. A lot of a lot of a lot of matches, like even regular matches, like lower division matches, have police. Um, you know, on the ready because this is a very common occurrence. I mean, you know, remember how everyone was complaining about Mexico, the 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 soccer in Mexico. It, it's not just a Mexico thing. I keep pointing it. I keep mentioning it because it's just not. It doesn't just happen in Mexico. It happens literally everywhere in Latin America, it, and it's just because because of like the the cra- the craziness of what soccer fandom is now. And I mean, you could even say that's even European level because I'm sure there is police. Of, at the ready also at, at, uh, at soccer matches in Europe. So like, it, so yeah, police came in, took action, but you could kind of tell that the Brazilian police were just really going after the Argentinian fans. Um, oh yeah, they were. I'm, 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 I know I'm not, try- I'm not trying to laugh at this, but it was just kind of like, yeah, that's happening. Um, So then the Argentinian national team, they went over to the area trying to cool the tension, which I'm, I'm applaud them for this. Um, because I don't know, I don't know what they would do. That th- that's like my kind of question. Like, I see, I get that they're trying to at least try to like get the fans to calm down, and which also, you know, Brazil wasn't doing anything. <laughs> the Brazilian players, at least, were just mm-hmm. you know they were just standing there. But like the Argentinians were, you know, they go over to the corner where where the where all the where all the craziness is happening, trying to calm the fans down so they can get the game going. Uh, there's obviously the video of of uh, Emmy Martinez, like you know, trying to take a baton away from a from a cop because he looked because I mean I mean they were beating these guys up <laughs> like it was pretty bad. Um, yeah, I was just impressed. I, I like I mean I I 
E for effort kind of from the Argentinian national team, but I just don't know what you're supposed to do in that scenario. It's not me taking a shot at them. Like, I'm not saying they're in the wrong. I think they're right. It's the right move to do, but it's just like, what do you do to stop people who are probably inebriated? I, I think that's a, that's a pretty safe bet, right? I think it's a safe bet. So they're probably inebriated. Um, it's already the Brazilian-Argentina rivalry. Not just in soccer, but there's also kind of like classism, if you will, if you if you want to go there. Um, obviously, yeah. Brazilians speak Portuguese and Argentinians speak Spanish, and at least they think their Spanish is as almost up to par with Spain. Okay, um, they're probably <laughs> right. Honestly, they're probably right. Uh, but so there's also a lot. There's also some political things that are probably stirring up here. You add alcohol into the mix. You say the wrong thing, and bam, there's the recipe for for what happened. Um, <laughs> exactly what happened over there in that stadium. Um, I, and it's it, 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 there's no there's no no one's right here. Like there's nobody here in the in the right. Everyone's wrong. Everyone was wrong going into this whole debacle. Uh, I mean, the police did what they did. Probably a little excessive with their their choice of of trying to calm things down by beating everybody with nightsticks. But there was really no wrong way of trying. There's no right way approaching this, and there's no wrong way approaching this. This is like you need to calm down. Um, which Argentinian, I think, I think what Argentina did at the end was the right move, which was just okay. If you guys want to be like this, f it. There's no, we're not gonna have the match. So they walked straight to the locker room to and basically said, "Until you guys calm down, we're not, we're not coming out." And right. I mean, it seemed like it worked. Um, I mean, the match happened, so. Uh, clearly everything calmed down i'm sure everybody who was involved with the whole altercation i'm sure they got kicked out or got probably arrested um and i believe people actually went to the hospital after for what happened um so but yeah so eventually 30 minutes after all that the game finally started um but (laughs) i'm not gonna lie once again, I'm all for for what Argentina did. I think what they did was the right call. I I'm I'm really shocked that Brazil didn't do anything. Okay, I'm not shocked that they didn't do anything, but I'm shocked that I was they. Were, say, I was like, what? I'm, I'm I'm shocked that they didn't think. Oh, maybe we should let's you know let's if they're gonna act this like you know same way as Argentina did. Okay, if this is how you are gonna be. We're going back to the locker room. Like yeah. Because I'm, and maybe like there's, there's, I guess two possible things that could happen. Either a, everybody goes into the locker room, everyone gets super pissed off from it, and then causes an even bigger ride, which seems like more likely not to happen. Because I mean, that would mean that the whole stadium is drunk, which I don't think so. Um, or B, you know, everyone's like, okay, they're not cool with it, so let's just calm down because I already paid this much amount of money to come watch this game. So I, I, you know, which I think the latter would still have been the the decision, but, um, but like so, Brazil did nothing. And then the the crazy part of all this is that Rodrigo, which is my adopted son, not a, not a great moment for him. Um, oh yeah, was... <laughs> he uh he basically called Rodrigo de Paul. Wait, is it Rodrigo de Paul? Yeah, yeah. He, Rodrigo told Rodrigo the ball, um, basically told him he's a coward for walking out, um, which obviously there's a reason why we call the Paul the enforcer for Messi is because the dude's about that action. And yeah. um, and so they get into a heated conversation. And then Messi comes in, basically 
tells Rodrigo to shut the shut the hell up. Like you don't know what you, like you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm I'm on I'm on Argentina's side. I, I agree with a hundred percent what Argentina did. I think they approached it the right way, which is was this is this is unacceptable. We shouldn't stand for this. We should let the fans know we don't stand for this, and we're gonna we're gonna punish. We're gonna let the fans know that we we're not gonna allow this to continue. So we're gonna leave until you know leave until things calm down or just cancel the game. Because if you think about it, because if, if Brazil was staying out on the field and Argentina just went into the locker room and said, if you and if 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 Conebol or FIFA decided to say, hey, if you guys walk out, like it's a disqualification, you know, you're forfeiting. Yeah. Like basically, what the fans are getting the message from the team is like, we'd rather take a loss. Then, then let that happen. And, and, I, and like yeah. once again, I'm all for Argentina. Once again, I think Brazil. The fact that they didn't take any sort of action is kind of bothersome. Uh, I get, I get the maybe that was their worry was maybe like I'm not trying to risk being at, told if I'm forfeiting or anything like that, right. or maybe like I don't know, I don't see the big deal. Like I, I really don't know what what's going on with Brazil's head, but all I know is I think the fact that Argentina took some sort of action to at least like de-escalate the whole thing was was great. And I mean, maybe it was Messi's call, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Um I give them props for at least trying to do something. Yeah. I mean I think I think basically um like how you said it, it's um how DePaul is Messi's enforcer and I I just I just find it funny that Rodrigo would just it it was just heated on the field like it was just it was just getting too heated to be honest uh but I'm like Rodrigo's a really young kid and he's trying to prove himself and of course he wants to prove himself and um because even Messi went up to him and told him some stuff you know like even Messi went up to him and told him some stuff and 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 I, I when when he said it I couldn't help but think of you when you said that, like I like this diva Messi, I like this, this, this asshole. Okay, Messi. I never said like, I never said diva Messi. Okay, what, what did you, uh, okay? Well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But basically, when you, I, I thought of you when you said that because I was like, oh, I was like, well, he's there. He is acting the way the actor said he's uh, he's acting. I was like, all right. I was like, you know, like that's my ball. That's is my field. This, I'm 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 the best. You know, basically like that. He had that vibe to him in the in the altercations so i'm like you know i was like rodrigo he has a skill he can do it he's just you're stepping up on somebody's toes that you may not even get to that level i so i'm not trying to say that he's not a good player but if i had to put my money let's put it this way on my money on vinicius or rodrigo to be even close to Messi in that sense, I would probably go with Vinicius. I think for this scenario, it's not talking about like the skill of the player. Cause I ain't gonna lie to you. I think Rodrigo could surpass Vinicius, but I mean, <laughs> that, that's, that's just as a proud parent of me, the, but the, the but no, that, I think what it was, at least the vibe that I'm getting is that you have Argentina who right now is on top of Golden Bowl, right? They're, they're, they're in prime position to qualify for the 2026 World Cup, which is crazy. We're talking about this in 2023. Um, but they're in a, they're, 
everything's like working everything's clicking at the still clicking even from winning the world cup in 2022 like the players that are all in this are all on the same wavelength I've, they it wasn't like a handful of them went over to try to de-escalate what yeah. happened on that side of the stadium it was all of them went as a united front to go and, and at least try to figure out was it i think the plan was let's just go over there and see if we can de-escalate it how we're gonna de-escalate it i don't know but we're gonna figure out something. And you saw Emmy Martinez try to grab a baton. So I mean, like, hey, that's an idea. <laughs> it almost led to the cop hitting him, but it was an idea. I give him that. But like when you look at the other side, Brazil, like no one's over at that corner. All of them are just sit are just there on the field. So like for me, um it, it like there's not like I don't think and I think this is kind of and it, it's like everyone's gonna be like oh how are you gonna take a jab at Brazil for not being good right now but maybe that kind of sums it up like there's not a united it's not a united front in Brazil like no one there's no like leader right now it should be Marquinhos but it's not or 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 maybe he just wasn't he didn't care too much for it but none of those guys you didn't see them at least try to do something to help de-escalate it. And once again, it's not their job. This isn't their job is to, you know, to de-escalate. It. But obviously, when you talk about sports and fans, sometimes when players do something, the fans listen. You know what I mean? There is fans that like literally live on, like breathe on every single word that some of these players you know say or do. So like if they took some sort of action, whether it was to go over to that corner or just walk into the locker room, making a statement to the, to the fans for them to understand, like I would, I would feel like that there's a, there's a direction with Brazil. And I think right now the fact that Brazil's playing as poorly as they are, because I thought I was like, I'm not gonna lie. I thought may, maybe the injuries of Vinicius may, but they've been losing with Vinicius too. It's like maybe it's the loss of Neymar, but I mean, like I was like Neymar. Yes, there's is arguably right now is probably one is their best player, but even with all that, like I just don't think that that's the reason why they're playing so poorly right now. I think it's because these guys aren't a team. Yeah, I, I could, I could, I could see that. I could see what you're saying. And so, like, and you see Argentina. Everyone was on the same page. Right, like, I, I, well, maybe I won't say all of them. I'll, I'll just say majority of them were all on the same page. I don't really remember who all went over to that corner, but it it was a good amount of them that went over to that corner and tried to do something. Um, whereas Brazil was was nowhere near that area; they were just chilling on the field. So, like, and then for Rodrigo to have the odd like that just shows the maturity the maturity of Rodrigo to call uh, to call the Argentinians cowards for for walking out. When in reality, that was probably the right was I would argue is the right move to make. It would it would actually be like the like you said the best move to make to try to calm everything down. Yeah, because I mean, which, like, and which it did, and which it did. I mean, it, it did. I mean, there's no point in saying that it didn't because it did. They quelled it quelled the freaking fighting that was going on in the sands. So I mean, it's 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 cool. Yeah. So I mean. One Rodrigo was just—I think was a—it was just a, a a a pure like lack of judgment by Rodrigo to call Argentinian cowards, and you can kind of see him change his tune immediately after Messi uh after Messi went to him. Yeah, one exactly. Messi's—I'm kind of, not gonna lie, Messi's kind of scary. Um, but oh yeah, when he's in that zone, yeah, you don't want to fuck with him. Yeah, I'm like, you I don't know, want he's be- short. Like it, it, it's funny because like him, 
it's like he's looking at Rodrigo, and Rodrigo's short too, but he's not as short as Messi. But uh, Rodrigo it, might be like five nine or something. No, he's like five seven. It looks like Messi me, is it, five seven. <laughs> no, I think he's like five six. Messi's five seven. Oh, okay. Trust well, me, because I've been trying to argue that I'm taller than Messi, but then I googled it. And I was like, "Fuck, I'm shorter than Messi." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of you instead of Messi. <laughs> what? I'm scary. Yeah. <laughs> you can be. Bro, you're like three inches taller than me. Don't get too cocky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're, you're two inches taller than Messi. Calm down. You're you're Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what's Rodrigo's height. I know I know for a fact Messi is five seven. I know that for a fact. I can confidently say that that Messi is five oh foot God. seven. Let me see what's Rodrigo's ladies height. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, he is googling it right now. Oh, he is five nine. <laughs> All right, Lionel Messi. Let's see. I know for right, I I am confident. I am confident. I'm you are 100%, that Messi's you are 100%, 100% Messi's confident? height, 5 foot 7. <laughs> Why don't you look up uh, Hector Flores, see what the height is there. I'm 5 foot 6, even though the Marine Corps tried to say <laughs> I was 5 foot 5. Oh. <laughs> yeah, now you're 5 foot 5. Uh, no, no, no. Um, give me that inch. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> I hear you, boy. I hear you, buddy. Talk about, that centimeter, talk about, talk about that. <laughs> that 12-centimeter repeater. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Damn. All right. Well, I know I got my measurements wrong. But anyways, so, but yeah, um, like like you said, uh, I think Argentina, Argentina did do the right thing by walking out to try to uh, calm everybody down to make sure that basically it's kind of like a okay let's put it this way it's kind of like a like a little kid timeout like you got your kids fighting and you're like hey if you guys don't stop i'm not going to take you to mcdonald's or i'm not going to take you anywhere or i'm not going to take you to the store we're not going to get a toy and of course the kids look at you and you're like and you're like but daddy and you're like nope no buts if this continues on i'm going by myself and the fighting stops like it works like gangbusters. So wait, wait, what? Like gangbusters? Like gangbusters? <laughs> like gangbusters? I don't know. I heard. What it. What the hell I is a gangbuster? That. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a saying. I heard it, and I, I thought it was funny, so I decided to use it right now. Like gangbusters. <laughs> but anyways, okay. But it, point, the right. point, the point of this, the point of this, it, it works. You're it definitely works. a dad. God, <laughs> this dude. But it worked, you know? So it's kind of like that was that was something, um, I guess you could say, responsible to do. Instead of continuing on the play and letting the heat just get more and more intense. Because then the thing is, like, then it gave people a chance to focus on uh, the fight at hand, not just to watch it, but to try to, like, calm it down instead of focusing on the play and then like the insults and stuff, and if and it let security also pinpoint where exactly where it was. Because I mean, if the game kept going, then you would just hear all this chanting and all this screaming everywhere. Pretty pretty sure security would be trying to see where the fight was starting to starting to go, even though it was pretty big. Like you know, but you never know with security, man. You know, I'm not trying to say that they're not doing their job, but 
Yeah, uh, you know, if, if I'm not gonna lie game. to you, man. Uh, from my time in sports, like the, when I look at some of the guys that work in the security department, there are some guys where I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna try to fuck around with this guy. And then there's some guys that I'm like, I might try. I I would try to hop on the field if he was if he was the guy that was closest to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I would storm the field. I, I think I I think I got a good shot, <laughs> but. But I mean, no, I think I think Argentina did the right thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I, I, I think, think that's what it was. I think I think Rodrigo was in in the wrong, in the sense of like, how to say this? Um, yeah, I, I think he was in the wrong because of that. Like he he thought he was. In, I guess he was like trying to show up that. You know, hey, we got to play for the fans, all this and that and the other, you know, but I really don't think that's what he needed to do to handle that wreck. I mean, Rodrigo just didn't have to say anything. I, I think at uh, at the end of it all, like, he was not in the right and he was not in, like, it. the thing is with with me being critical about, about Brazil not doing at least, and at least trying to do something, whether it's just walking out or like they chose to do nothing. Like they just stood there and did nothing about it, which once again, it's not like I'm saying that it's an athlete's responsibility to like, I'm not, I'm not saying you guys need to be superheroes and try to save the world and all that. Like I've said it multiple times. I can care less of what, uh, of an athlete's opinion on something. Um, But it's just that like in that scenario, it is happening in front of you and just because I view it that way doesn't mean that that's what others view. Like, there's people out there that do go hand in knee for some of these guys. It's a little weird, yeah. but I get it. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm also over here talking about that I adopt some of these players. So, I get it. But, like, I mean, and I think that that's the thing, one of those things that Rodrigo doesn't understand. Because, remember, Rodrigo's very young. And, you know, yeah. I believe also right around the same age as Vinicius, maybe a little bit younger, maybe one year younger. But um, he just doesn't understand that. So, like, in his, and so he has that dumb young kid brain, you know, that we've that, all had. We've all had that dumb brain. And, and, you know, we and we all said that one dumb thing that we shouldn't have said. And it really shot us in the foot, like the equivalent of that being messy, getting involved and being told off by a 36 year old man. Oh, wait. Is Messi? Yeah, Messi's 36 years old. Yeah, he's he's 36 year old. So, you know, again, getting yelled at by the by the by the veteran that knows better. You know what I mean? So, like, we've all been in that scenario. It's just that at that time, and 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 I'm sure Rodrigo now has learned. I I believe he actually issued an apology for his words or whatever. Uh, maybe he did. Maybe he did. I don't know. But like, I think he did. Um, but it just happens, and and I think it's just a lack of judgment. I think a period from Brazil, it was just a lack of judgment. But the game went on. They ended up winning. Uh, Argentina ended up winning the game one nil off of a corner, a goal from a corner kick that was scored by Altamendi. Which, wow, that guy's still playing. Uh, right, that's what I said too. I was like, dude, when I saw, it, I was like, wow. I was like, like Altamendi got taken on, and then I was like, wait, Altamendi's playing. I was like, what? It's like, wow, damn. <laughs> the center pack depth in, in in Argentina must be very slim if he's still playing. <laughs> well, I mean, if, I mean, if my, you think, honestly, if, if, really if you like think that. about it, I mean, if you think about it, there was also um, who was it, Marco Rojo, 
you know, but I, I, I don't, I've, I've haven't seen him in a while. But I mean, Rojo wasn't playing as much as Otamendi was. Otamendi has like a lot of years playing with Argentina now. Yeah, it's just crazy to think because I think now he's, I know he's not in Europe anymore. I think he's back in in Argentina. No, he's, yeah, I think he's Argentina somewhere. Yeah, so it's just like it's just wow, that guy's still playing. Well, not only that he's still <laughs> playing, it's just that guy's getting called up because uh, I believe what Romero. I think Romero is one of them. Wow, that's not. Were we? Were we? Were we? Were we? Weren't we talking about? Wait, no, he's not. He's not there. But that was in Uruguay as well. Lisandro Martinez. We about, yeah, Lisandro Martinez. Um, which they say that guy's cool. short, but he's like five ten. <laughs> Maybe okay uh, for a center back that's pretty short, but I mean, well actually no, for Mascherano was a short Mascherano center. Mascherano was a really a short center back. Any, anyways, but yeah, so Argentina. Yeah, he was a really short center back. Yeah, but yeah, Argentina ends up winning that game one nothing. Brazil, they're gonna have to. Yeah, they're gonna have to find something because they're sitting in fifth. That's the last spot. I. I, I don't know how the expansion how what ex- exactly the expansion rule is for 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 Comunibol. We'll figure that out when we get close to the World Cup if they qualify or not. But obviously, fifth place isn't a great place to be if you're in Comunibol because I that's usually like the last spot for Comunibol. And yeah. I think behind them is Ecuador, which I mean, I'm just, I'm really excited about Ecuador, <laughs> just because that's like a really young team, and from what I saw in the 22, 2022 World Cup. I'm like I want more of this Ecuadorian team because they're fun to watch. Um, not no nothing against Brazil, but like yeah, Brazil needs to. If it's still five teams qualifying from Conmebol, then he they need to figure something else because it's going to be embarrassing if Brazil does not qualify for the World Cup, um, especially oh, yeah. with the standard and, uh, of what Brazil is. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I agree, and then they're. They're, uh, I mean, um, who like basically with Rodrigo and Vinicius and Gabriel Jesus up top, you know, you would expect, you know, for them to be up there. Like, yeah. For them to actually be like playing like they're well, expected to play. Vinicius is just getting hit with injuries now. Um, yeah, that's been his issue this year right now is just he's been getting injured a lot. Uh, Rodrigo's been getting a lot more playing time now. Like, he's definitely part of like Ancelotti's plan for. For at least for this season, I mean, there's still rumors of Ancelotti taking the Brazilian job, so maybe that that at least if you're Brazil, at least you're at least you got that going for you. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, Gabi Jesus. I think the only issue right now is just he he plays for Arsenal, but it's not like he's really doing anything right now in Arsenal. If you get, if that makes any sense, um, that makes sense. So yeah, it, someone needs to step up. I mean, the the the, the loss of Neymar. While it should be a big loss, it also shouldn't be that big of a loss, especially with all the talent that we've been hearing about Brazil. That kid, Endrick, bro, that that kid's gonna be exciting. No, oh, yeah, that kid. Wow, I'm like, can't, I'm glad Real Madrid got him. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, but that was the Argentinian Brazil game. Uh, the next headline is Mexico's controversy, and I put that with air quotes. Obviously, if you guys listening to the the audio podcast, not the the one on YouTube or on Goals TV. You wouldn't have seen me quoted that because I'm not gonna lie to you. I think the argument that that uh, this game was rigged is a crock of shit. 
is there some sketchy mm. stuff? Yes. But I mean, as CONCACAF. <laughs> Sorry, you guys haven't watched many CONCACAF games, but this is as CONCACAF as it gets. Um, but obviously, the uh, yeah, obviously Mexico was in their quarter. Yeah, quarter. Wait, no. Yeah, quarterfinal game for the CONCACAF Nations League, which was an important game, not because you obviously winner goes to the semifinal of the Nations League, because I we all can't wait for that for that tournament. Uh, but obviously, the more important part was the winner of that game automatically qualifies for the Copa America. It's coming in the summer of 2024, um, which that sounds pretty big if you ask me. There is another way to qualify, which is the teams that got eliminated, I believe, do a play-in do a play tournament, like a little play-in tournament. Well, I don't know. There's a playoff that they deal with, so they qualify for, for Copa America. So they're, they're, like, there's still a chance for, for Canada and Honduras and Trinidad Tobago. And Costa Rica, there's like there's still a chance for them to play in Copa America, but as of right now, okay. the, the easier way to qualify was obviously win the the quarterfinal. And we talked about we actually talked about this last week. Uh, you know, Mexico was going into Azteca down two nothing, uh, in the aggregate. Right. And I said it, I was like, there's no way that Mexico doesn't win this game, at least two nil, in in Stadio Azteca, and it was very close to. It was very close that they were actually just going to end up winning 1-0, which would have meant Honduras would have advanced to the semifinal and had automatically qualified for Copa America, which would then be an amazing turnaround from a Honduran team that looked like hot garbage last year. Um, and, and, and then the controversy comes in, right? So the first part of the controversy, well, there's a lot of things about the controversy, but obviously it was the fact that there was like a lot of calls that some people viewed as quick. They basically felt like the refs were favoring Mexico. Oh, yeah. I saw the memes. I saw the memes. I, I think it was like player of the match for the Mexico game, and then they showed the ref, and I was like, ooh. That's also, that ref is also Salvadorian, by the way. Um, so, yay. <laughs> yay. It's like. I was so proud of those guys because, like, uh, the, the referees from El Salvador were able to go represent uh CONCACAF for the uh for the 2022 World Cup. So, I was proud. Um I I okay. But here's the thing. Bad call like I mean, speaking from a guy that just got that that is still fuming at the Jaguars Texans game because referees make bad calls. You know what I mean? Like there's you're going to have games where referees make bad calls. But and that's just the nature of any sport. It's a human factor. Referees are human. Like they're going to miss things. They I, I don't think that there was any bias in the officiating of the match because I feel like a lot of things got left got were let were allowed to go, if that makes any sense. Um, and okay, so the big the big thing that I'm not gonna go ahead and try to like break down everything that ha- every foul that happened in that game because I would just be stupid, but I will say the 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 complaints. One of the biggest complaints was they added nine minutes of stoppage time after the second half. Damn. And they stopped, and the equalizer girl, the the equalizer from Edson Alvarez, was scored lev- in eleven minutes into stoppage time. One, I've I've I've, I've, I've complained about the ever ever's heard me complain about this too much. The amount of, of yeah. stoppage time that's being added to this game is is freaking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> we need a we need a better system because <laughs> I do not need to see twelve minutes, nine minutes. You know, like I don't need to see. 
like I'm good with three or five minutes. Like five minutes tops is like the most stoppage time I want to see. Um, because Dude, yes. do you, do you remember do you remember back in the day when when FIFA had a uh, the golden goal rule? Basically, you would play until you would score the one goal. No, that's penalties, extra time though. Is. But that's an extra no, I know. time. No, I know that's what I'm saying. But there was like no penalties either. That's what that's what I'm getting at. Like it was just a golden goal. And do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, no, 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 no. There was no. It was golden goal until for for thirty minutes, and if it was still tied, then they go to penalty because that that just be dumb. <laughs> that, no, because no, I don't know. If you remember uh, back in FIFA? I don't remember which FIFA it was. Oh, in the video but, game, uh, I was about to say. Yeah. I was like I know for a fact that that's not how they did it in <laughs> in like yeah, in, in actual game, FIFA like games. When you did when you when you would choose the option for golden goal instead of penalties or extra time, and you would just go golden goal. Dear Lord, it could go on forever. So that's that's what well, it felt like. No, to me like if you go, when... if you do golden goal, uh, well, I mean maybe like back then in FIFA, but I know like at least recently, now in EA Sports FC, um, <laughs> it you still have golden goal, but obviously after after like thirty minutes of extra time, like if there's still no goal, you go to pens. Um, but yeah, it's it's super stressful playing, especially if you're playing EA Sports FC. The defending is uh garbage. I'm I stand by that statement as someone that's been playing EA Sports FC for a while now. I I, I kind of hate myself for buying that game. Um, I would tell you I'm not gonna buy EA Sports 25, but I I'm probably gonna do it. So <laughs> you're already planning on it. <laughs> it's like I complain about it, complain about it. Am I gonna buy it? Yes. <laughs> It's like, am I gonna am I gonna switch the game? No. Am I gonna go to PES? No. Dude, oh no, PES hell no. Fuck PES, bro. Fuck that game. <laughs> is, is it still alive? I think so. I think its name is rebranded as something else. It might be. I'm not no sure. But anyways, so the controversy was that they added nine minutes and they didn't stop after nine minutes. Okay, if you guys don't listen, and that's probably what a lot of people were 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 not were not were doing. If you guys listen, at least in the English broadcast, Spanish broadcast, I don't think they mentioned it, but in the English broadcasts, they mentioned a minimum of nine minutes of stoppage time has been added. Because here's the thing that I will tell you about Honduras. They were milking the clock. They were, when a player got down to for a foul, they would milk the injury. So, like, those are things that the referee has to take account for during to that's the reason why these stoppage times have been increased to ridiculous numbers is because of the amount of time wasting that happens throughout the game and if you're wasting time during the stoppage time the referee can ha- has the right to extend stoppage time because once again it's not set nine minutes it's over it's a minimum of nine minutes so if someone gets injured in those nine minutes of stoppage time the referee has to at least take account for the amount of time that was wasted for that injury to to proceed with the game, so that way it is a healthy amount of time of of play to be in. So, one, I just want to debug that because that was the dumbest complaint I heard about people complaining about the hundred. You know, Honduras, if you wanted to win this game so badly, you probably should have scored a goal because you had ample of opportunities to do it. Um, cause this was, this, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna tell you, this Mexico team is not good. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> if there was one thing I took away from this game is that Mexico is not good. Uh, they they, they need to figure something out. 
They need a lot of help. They needed a miracle from Edson Alvarez. And that's not me taking a jab at Edson Alvarez. Obviously, I rate him pretty highly. I think he's a really good player. Um, But the rest of the team is not good. Aside from (laughs) Santiago Jimenez. The the rest of the team was not good. Uh, But all you had to do was just stand firm just for like a little bit long. Because honestly, if this equalizer goal didn't happen, they wouldn't have said anything. And then we'd probably have Mexico fans complain. Like, but like, did, did Honduras get hoed in some sense? No. And this isn't, oh, you're Salvadorian, so you hate Honduras. It, it's not that either. It For me, it's just the fact that was Honduras had some good opportunities to add one more goal to the aggregate for them and just make things so much harder for Mexico. Because, honestly, the only reason why Mexico was struggling so much was because Mexico was stopping themselves from winning this game. Because... <laughs> It, it, like I said, it was not a good performance from them. They had some good moments of possession, uh, but Honduras, I think they had like, I think from my top of my head alone, had like three clear opportunities where they could have put this game out of reach, and, and they didn't. And so like, and, and I think that's one of the things like so when, like kind of going back to that Texans game that I was complaining so massively about how dumb how bad the referees are. If you're able to perform well, you the the bad decision the bad calls the referees make. Can can easy don't look that don't doesn't look as big of a deal because at the end of the day you still got to execute despite the referees you still got to perform, and you had you had your chances to make this a three nil aggregate a three two aggregate a three one aggregate, like to take the confidence away from Mexico. Yep. So right. like, and also they did not have freaking Ochoa. They're oh, playing without yeah, Ochoa. Right. They're playing without Ochoa, and you still couldn't beat them. That 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 Mex that Mexico backline. It's not good. Johan Vasquez, eh? I mean, I've told, I've, I've said Jorge Sanchez is is starting. To be, I'm, I'm like trying to, I, I, I try to like Jorge Sanchez, like I try to like him, but oh my god, this dude's so overrated. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like, oh my god, and I know that's not a hot take. I know a lot of Mexicans that actually don't like him either. <laughs> like, oh, uh, like, good god, man, uh. I don't know, like I don't know what I'm gonna do if I have to see Luis Romo again. Like, I'm, I'm not even a fan of Mexico, and I get frustrated when I see certain guys on the field. <laughs> I'm just like, oh man, this. I, I like to point out that I did say I like Chavez, Luis Chavez, and he scores a free kick. I just want to point that out. <laughs> I said I liked him. He scored. Maybe I adopt him. Uh, no, he's a little too old. Uh, whoa. Uh, but anyways, so, so that was one of the controversies was the nine minutes, right? The nine minutes of stoppage time, which once again, is just the minimum amount of time that the referee is going to add on to the game. It's not necessarily set in stone. Okay, nine minutes over, game over. It, it's not, it's, and then of, of anything, he's not going to, the referee's not going to stop the game if there is a corner kick. Like a goal kick, yes. But a corner kick, like they got to, they got to at least let them try to have that and and at least See what happens. I guarantee you, if Mexico didn't score the goal, if like somehow the goalkeeper got the ball or just someone had it and just cleared the ball out, it's game over. It's game over. Honduras wins 2-1. Uh, 2-1 yep. on aggregate. And we would not hear anything from <laughs> from Honduran fans. But I mean, you still got to play. You still have to play. And at the and that's what Mexico did, what, what Honduras didn't do. They were too busy complaining at the referee that the game is still going. Like, that's what the, you guys, 
Honduras was so focused on that issue alone that then, hey, we should probably still be playing this game. That's what Mexico did, and that's why they scored the game, the tying goal. That's yep. why they scored the tying goal, and that's why y'all went to extra time. While you guys were over here, like, why are we still playing this game? Why are we still playing this game? Mexico is like, well, prove that Mexico is not that good because they had they probably should have probably scored a goal, but they didn't. And then went to penalties. Now, I will say, the penalties was kind of weird. <laughs> penalties, the penalties were kind of weird. And the only Please. thing the only thing that was weird was Chino Huerta or Cesar Huerta, depending on, you know, isn't, they call him Chino. Why? I have no idea. Um, but he had to take three penalties. What? He had to take three penalties because in the first two, the first two were saved by by the goalkeeper for Honduras, which is Edric Men- Menjivar. Um, the referee said that he, he came off the line early. Twice? Twice. Tough. And and I call bullshit on that because I felt like both both those saves, I I felt like he did what he was supposed to do. And and so, then so so the tin foil has so came out again. <laughs> so he had, so he had saved the penalties twice. Twice. And then the third time third time's a charm, you know. <laughs> so I will what? say, I will say that was sketchy. <laughs> Did, did they at least play the replay of like when the goalkeeper stepped off his line? At least that. Yeah, they showed the replay. It's debatable. Okay, I, I won't say it's clear, but it's debatable for at least the second one. The first one, I guess you can you can you can say it came off the line. Um, mm. but the second one's it's just weird, man. Like you. It's it is I mean it's the rules. Is that's the rule? Is like you're not supposed to come off your line. Uh, I don't know the rule. I don't know what the rule is. I'm not a goalkeeper, but I just basically, know you're not supposed, you're not you supposed to come off the line. You can't come off the line forward. There's a certain uh, point. There's a certain point where you're able to do it, but it's a like I don't see the advantage. A, like honestly, I keep saying like go, penalty kicks. There's no real skill involved at being a penalty kick taker aside from just. Being able to guess right, you know, like I don't Pretty think that much. there's like there, there's no real like. I mean, I, I mean, obviously you have to be a an exceptional athlete to be a goalkeeper making the dives that they do. I'm not saying that, but I need like when someone says like, "Oh, this guy's a penalty kick taking specialist," I'm like, "There's no how do you be a how 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 do you be how can you be a specialist?" Because like <laughs> that's like saying I'm the world's Edgar. best. I'm the world's best paper, rock, scissors. When you know, like, hey, you know, they do have that, right? I know that's the thing. You're just good at guessing. Is really what it is when people say you're a, a, a pellet kick specialist. Is that you're you're just really good at guessing people. You can really read people. Pretty much. Because I mean, I've seen like top world. Like I've seen goalkeepers like Thibaut Courtois get scored on in penalties. I've seen freaking oh yeah David De Gea get scored on in penalties. I've seen. Everyone gets scored on freaking Buffo. Bro, the World Cup in 20 in 2006. The World Cup in 2006. The reason why our uh freaking Italy won was because one of the goals got hit by the by the crossbar. It wasn't even freaking Buffon that made the save. Oh yeah. And Buffon <laughs> is a hell of a goalie. And he's one of the best goal, goalkeepers in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, At the time, like honestly, even now yeah. I might I might say he might I, I would just say tired. that. At that point, I would be frustrated as a goalkeeper that I have to take, I have to dive, like I have to dive now three more times 
than I two more. I guess two more times more than I have to, because I have to redo three pen, three penalties in a row for this one guy. It, yeah, so it was frustrating. But at the end of the day, man, like Mexico won in penalties four two. So I mean, like once again, Honduras didn't do their part of the bargain, which was it, it, especially if you wanted to keep going, you need to score your penalties. Um, so like. I'm sorry, Hunter. Is like I, I was pulling for you. I really was. I, I know some people are gonna think, oh, because I'm a piece of shit Salvadorian, I wouldn't be rooting for them. But I, I actually was. I was rooting for Honduras. Everybody knows I'm a Mexico hater. But like this dude, <laughs> everyone knows I hate Mexico. Well, okay, okay, maybe not hate. Not the right word. Um, I don't. Everyone knows I don't like Mexico. I'm gonna troll Mexico as much as like I would have loved that this episode would have just been me mentioning how Mexico got eliminated by Honduras. Like the everyone knows, like whenever Mexico gets eliminated, I love just mentioning how Mexico gets eliminated, like how they got eliminated in the, in the 2022 World Cup, like not even not even getting a chance at second place. Like you know, like I like saying that. I like saying those things. It didn't happen. <laughs> I would have loved to have mentioned that, that Panama beat Mexico in the Gold Cup final. Like, any chance I get to rip off. Like, Mexico losing is my World Cup. <laughs> this dude. It is my World Cup final. But, like, it, it didn't happen. It, it just didn't happen. It wasn't. It wasn't. The stars weren't aligned. And Mexico barely moves on to the semifinals. Yeah. And who are they facing? Is it, it it's either it's either Panama or Jamaica? Ooh. I think I I mean it'd be hilarious if it was the US again, but I don't think it is. Let's see. Nations League. Concave Nations League. This is a great podcasting, by the way. It's Panama. <laughs> Bro, I'm brewing for Panama. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, <laughs> Panama. Let's do it. I could just—I could already hear the song, the Eddie Van Halen song, just playing in the background. Panama. Panama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be yeah, rooting for Panama. For also, because I have Coco Cadesquia there, which I love the guy. <laughs> not because, not because I'm a weird fan, because I actually met the guy because I worked, you know, obviously while I was working at the, at the Dynamo. So, I would say probably the best person I've ever met. <laughs> That's an F. Damn. Yeah, but that probably hopefully, the best. Hopefully, best. hopefully, Achi Achi is not listening to the podcast. I mean, I fuck with Achi Achi. I fuck with Achi Achi. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, but also, also, Coco Kadeski offered me like a beverage one time, whereas which whereas Hector Her asked me to bring him a coffee. So, <laughs> 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 like, literally, the dude called. Okay, so just random story of my time as an equipment manager from the Dynamo. Um, I was I was literally doing laundry, I think, um, because obviously I was staying late because the the old the younger the younger age groups had practice. And if you guys, Acha Acha, his son uh, plays for one of those youth teams, so he was watching his kid train. This dude fi- finds my phone number. I didn't give him my number. <laughs> he finds my phone number. I think it's because one of the parents had my one of the parent. Uh, yeah, one of the parents has my personal number. And it was because he was trying to set me up with somebody that was going to help me like improve my VA benefits. Um, Cause he, he's also a, a Marine Corps veteran. So this dude gives Hector Herrera my personal phone number, not my work phone number, my personal work phone, my personal phone number. And this dude calls me and tells me, can you bring me a coffee? So how did he know you were there? Did he see you? 
Well, he knows I stay late. Oh. He knows I work. Like, I've talked to that guy plenty of times from because he always sees me. Like, he actually stopped me one day and was just talking to me. And, and then I was like, I could get in trouble for this. But then I was like, what are they going to do like, when I tell him? Yeah, Hector Herrera wanted to talk to me for a couple minutes. <laughs> so, like. Yeah, right. But, yeah, like, this dude. <laughs> so, yeah, Coco Karaski who asked me, do you want a water? Do you want a, you want a body armor? Versus, hey, can I get a coffee? He didn't, okay, he didn't say it like that. He was just like, well, he's like, hey, Tokaito, can you can you, can you bring me a coffee? And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I, 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 I was like, and he's like, wait, are you busy? I was like, no, I'm just watching watching laundry. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you were he was asking you to be his his maid while you were doing stuff that a maid would do, right? Right? I mean, I don't see his flaw. I don't see the flaw in his logic, sir. No, no, I mean he knows what an equi- <laughs> he knows what an equipment manager does. Like uh, yeah, everyone, yeah. there's a, a lot of athletes do appreciate the hard work that equipment managers do, which is a, it's a lot. You know, they do a lot of shit. But it was just funny. Like, I I made a joke with with the family because I was like, yeah, one day I'm making co- I'll be making coffee for Hector Herrera, and, and sh- I shit you not, I was actually making coffee for Hector Herrera. So <laughs> it was just one of those like full circle moments, I guess. Um, but I, yeah, I love Coco Cada. And then also, I just don't, I just don't see Mexico calling up Hector Herrera. Um, I mean, I, I think he could still play. And that's not me being biased by any means. I mean, uh, the thing is, he might actually bring like that, that like free kick specialist kind of, and then like the. the I mean, look, look what he's doing Mexico. right now with Houston. I mean, <laughs> I mean look, what he, look what he's doing in Houston. I think. I think the issue, Mexico, Mexico. I would love to like find like a Mexico soccer podcast or like a YouTube channel or something like that. Bring them in and just let them say. Because I think the issue is with like a lot of people when I criticize Mexico is like, oh, you know, fuck you, you're a U.S. soccer fan, or fuck you, you're Salvadorian. Like, what do you know? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, whereas mm-hmm. if you actually got like an actual like, I was gonna say L three, but they're not even allowed to say L three anymore. Um, a Mexican, uh, a Mexican national team fan. I feel like they would say the same things. I just don't know what's going on with Mexico. Like, um, you know, a lot of people felt that Jimmy Lozano was going to be the guy. I don't think now. I think people maybe think otherwise now. You um, mean Irving Lozano? I think they call him Jimmy. Uh, I thought I thought they call him Jimmy Lozano. Mm-hmm. Wait, are you thinking about Chucky Lozano? Yeah. No, the coach. Oh, okay. I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. You were talking about, okay. I'm yeah, they call, they call him Jimmy. Chucky. I thought you were talking about Chucky. That's all I was like. Jesus hey, Christ, man. What? You're over here. <laughs> I'm over... You had me thinking, oh, man, I'm over here trying to invite a Mexican soccer podcast over. And this guy, <laughs> I'm mispronouncing their coach's name. <laughs> Give him the coach the I'm wrong name. Here. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm over here. I'm over here. Uh, what you call it? Uh, mixing up the the player and the coach. I mean, he did used to be a player. <laughs> Man, that's crazy thing. These guys that we used to watch are now coaches. I don't like yeah. it. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this being old stuff. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't like this being old stuff. But anyways, Mexico has now advanced to the semifinals of the Nations League. Um, they're gonna play against Panama, and most importantly, they are going to at least be in the 2024 Copa America. How are they gonna do? 
I don't know, <laughs> but they're in it. It's 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 a tough time right now in Mexico. I know for I know that for a fact. I I know that there's some frustration right now with 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 Mexico. I keep wanting to say L three, but I know they don't have the rights anymore to L three, which is like the most weirdest thing possible for them to lose. But I've been knowing them for as L three for the longest time, and it's weird not to be like, saying L three. I'm just surprised that someone's like, oh, I can buy the rights to this. <laughs> It's just a, it's a very sure it bizarre like, thing. And they're like, yeah, if you use sure. 3 I'm going to sue y'all. I'm like, damn, what a dick move. I respect it, though. <laughs> just I'm, pretty what sure, a, I'm pretty sure what it was. What a you know flex. What no, you know what I think it was? It was uh, the fact that uh, maybe it's uh, like, uh, you know how they have like so many fucking cement companies over there? Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Like let me, uh, let me see. Let me it's see like a cement, it's like a cement a cement company. Probably probably the the name is like El Trigonometro or something like some some weird name, you know, for for a cement company or for any company whatsoever. But still, like they 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 are able to do it. <laughs> and then they probably that's why they that's no, why they, they took lost it away. to a rock group. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. God, that's uh, horrible. Let me see. Renowned Mexican rock star, rock singer, Alex Lora, who can't, one can't help but dedicate those lyrics to the high-ranking executives of, I don't know what the hell, what's the song? Las piedras rodando se encuentra y tú y yo alguien días nos tendremos que encontrar. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard of Alex Lora. Oh, I, don't, I don't know what the hell this guy is. Wow, that guy's old. Of him. Yeah, I was like, I, I know he's not, he's not young. But yeah, so he he bought the rights to L three. That is, which is ironic because this is a Mexican rock star. <laughs> oh, I'd say boo that man if I was Mexican. <laughs> but yeah, just what a flex. Like just like okay, I'm just gonna buy this so you guys can't use it anymore. Um, I right. wish I had that kind of money. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> but but yeah, but yeah. So that that's what happened with Mexico. All right, man. U.S. men's national team. So you know, obviously we're talking about Concacaf Nations League. So USA did have Concacaf Nations League as well. They had to take on Trinidad and Tobago in the first leg. USA beat Trinidad and Tobago three nil. USA had seventy six percent of the possession. They also had 26 shots. Eight of them were on target. The goals in that first leg were from Ricardo Pepe on the 82nd minute, uh, Anthony Robinson in the 86th minute, and Gio Reyna on the 89th minute. Yes, all those goals happened late in the game, which pissed me off um, because it was a frustrating game to watch from the U.S. But don't worry, it gets worse um, because in leg two, Trinidad Tobago beat USA 2-1 in the second leg. USA had 49% of the possession. USA also had 10 shots. Five of them were on target. The only goal from the U.S. was scored by Anthony Robinson in the 25th minute mark. And there was a red card on the 39th minute by Sergino Des, which was the dumbest thing I ever saw in my life. And. Yeah. Why? Why? why just why? Was it like, right. a, so, like a bad so, foul? No, it wasn't even a foul. It was a tamper tantrum. Oh, he got ejected 
for having a temper tantrum. Not again. Again. Remember with the Mexico? Started shoving, and he got dejected. Oh well, that's different. That is different. I was. I'm for all that. I'm for fighting for your teammates. I'm. I'm all for that part. <laughs> but that's a that's a cool way to get a red card. <laughs> that's a cool way. <laughs> if there's one, if there's a good way to get a red card, that's the good way. Um, it got the troops rallied. Like I don't, I don't know about you. That was great. Yeah. I was all for that one. No, this red card was stupid. Um, so apparently there was a foul that happened. Uh, at least there was, okay. So ball came over to Sergino Des' side. I believe it went out of bounds. It went out out of bounds. But Sergino, I think tried. Try to act like he saved it to keep the game going. Uh, the referee then blew a whistle, or maybe that—that's not what happened. Anyways, so they—they they stopped the ball for for what reason? I can't tell you at this point. I think it was because it was out of bounds for a throw-in. But um, Sergino thought that they were blowing a whistle because there was a foul that happened that was further over on the other side of the field, and it wasn't for that. It was actually for the throw-in. He got pissed off. He ends up kicking the ball out of the field. Way out of the field. Oh my god! And the referee then gives him a yellow card. Um, Sergino exchanges words with the referee, then blows him a kiss, and then gets another yellow card. Get and gets ejected from the game. Um, which then he takes his sweet time to get off the field to the point where you have Tim Ream and Matt Turner pushing him out of the field to get to, get to continue the game. This is also the thirty ninth minute mark. So, oh my god! Yeah. Why? Just why? Like no sense. Which he didn't. He didn't apologize, which is all you could do at that point. Um, but yeah, it was just a bad look. Team Reem, Tim Reem, who was the captain for the U.S. during this uh during this international call up, uh had some did say something about it, did speak on it. Um, but I think honestly, I will tell you that tantrum from Sergino was probably the best way to describe this international break from the U.S. because even though they did win and they are moving on to the semifinals, they'll be taking on Jamaica. Um, This was, once again, a frustrating... And, and they used the formation, the 4-2-3-1 the formation, so I can't complain about the formation. But the play, there was no attack. There was no bite. Um... I don't want to use I don't want to use the fact that Christian Pulisic wasn't there as as a reason because you still had you still have Fuller and Balogun you you still had Gio Reyna playing the ten spot, um, but it just it there was no there was no bite on this team like there was there wasn't like this like yeah you won three 0 but all those goals came in after the 80th minute the rest of the uh... whole other game the the other game was just a few just a pure frustrating snooze fest on the first leg and then the second leg everybody just having vietnam flashbacks of the 2018 world cup qualifiers because it was bad it was bad their performance in trinidad tobago was was embarrassing once again (laughs) but yeah and you're just like yeah, I mean, you already said it. You're pretty much embarrassed. This is why I don't. This is why I didn't want uh, Greg Berhalter. Because like the, <laughs> the the teams that we should be like, just you know, like they got comfortable with a three 0 victory that wasn't even like a great three 0 victory. 
which if, if that, that makes no sense at all, but it does at the same time. It was probably, like I, I said, it, it was probably the most frustrating 3-0 victory I've ever seen in my life. Because I felt like we probably should have, we should have probably been beating Trinidad's Vega like 7-0. Had we more, had we more freaking attack. It was like frustrating mm. to watch. And then going into Trinidad Tobago, and it was like I knew I knew it from the beginning that this game was going to be so poorly played. Just alone, just the possession, the, like the difference in possession. You're playing in Austin. You're you have 76, you had the ball 76% of the time. You go to Trinidad Tobago, you're just having you're having a 50-50 off basically with Trinidad Tobago. Freaking first, mm-hmm. first first leg, twenty six goals, twenty six shots, just total. Freaking second leg, ten shots. All you could do was just muster up ten shots. Like in the, the first leg, basically, it was just like, basically, I think from the second leg was just like, oh, we have we have no reason to worry. Let's just keep playing our game. Like we 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 could probably take take off the, put the freaking pedal down, like push the accelerator in. And give us a confident victory. Like it don't like you gave Trinidad the worst part is you gave Trinidad to make a hope. Like you gave them <laughs> hope going down three nil. Like I was just like, what? So yeah, this was I and 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 like thank God the first leg was in you in the US. Thank God, because if they if if they were down two one against Trinidad Tobago going into into the second leg. I don't know if this is I think this is a different story. But yeah, it, it was just embarrassing. I, I, I was just frustrated from 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 start to finish. Um the guys that played in this in this call up, you had Matt Turner who played both games, so the two goal which was my complaint about Gaga Sonina being called up for the for this uh for this call up. I think he should have been with the U twenty three team. Like I, I honestly thought Gaga Sonina should be with U twenty three building up that chemistry, getting ready for the Olympics. Because I think Gago Sunil should be the goalkeeper for the Olympic team. Instead, yeah. he's here to do nothing. Like, bring call up Sean Johnson and have him and Ethan Horvath back, back up to Matt Turner. Like, what are we doing here? Like, you wasted two, you, you wasted an international call-up for Gaga Sonina where he could be with the U23 team, building that chemistry, building that rapport with that back line to get ready for the Olympics. Cause I ain't going to lie. I want us to do well in the Olympics. Call color me shocked. <laughs> but, you know, we finally get the U S the U S youth team is finally able to go and play in the Olympics. I would like to see them do well in the Olympics, you know? So sorry for, for having hopes, but yeah, we wasted Gaga Sunil's time. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to say, say it like that. Uh, Sergino Des obviously played both games. Um, Maybe you know, almost almost a half, almost a half in the second leg. Um, <laughs> Cameron Carter-Vickers played both games. Tim Ream played both games. Ansi Robinson played both games. Joe Scally obviously had to come in the second game because Sergino Des had a temper tantrum, so that's why he was there. <laughs> uh, midfield, Eunice Busta played both games. Weston McKenney only played the first game. He was he got injured, so he actually had to leave. Um, Gio Reyna played both games. Luca Del Torre played the second game, which is who took Weston McKinney's spot uh, in the lineup. And Leonard Maloney played in the second. I was just so pissed off about this game that I didn't even bother watching Leonard Maloney's uh, the way Leonard Maloney played. So I'm going to tell you, I have no idea if he's good or not. So, so 
there's my there's my critique of him. <laughs> there's my assessment. I don't know if he's good. Um, forwards, Malik Tillman. I'm gonna tell you, I don't think he, I don't think he should be a, a winger. It, it, I, I think he, I think he's more comfortable at the ten spot. I don't think, I mean, I'm sure he can play on the wing, but I think he looks comfortable on the ten spot. Okay. Uh, Balogun. I mean, he didn't score a goal this call up, but I don't think necessarily it's his fault. Um, I guess like, I guess not having Timothy Way and not having Christian Pulisic was a little bit harmful now because the focus was now just on Gio Reyna. So, so I'll I'll give it that. Maybe that's the reason why. Like it can't like it. You need to have the th- you you need to have all three. Like you need to have Gio Reyna, Balogun, and Pulisic to really make this make that make that three be make the U.S. attack be killer. Um, so I I definitely would say Christian Pulisic was definitely missed. Um, Timothy Way and Christian Pulisic were both missed in this in this call up, which yeah. scares uh, which scares me when when we're thinking about the depth of the wingers. Like I, uh, we're you and me have been. Well, I don't know about you, but I've been. Well, actually, no. Edward has been worried about the nine, the nine spot. But apparently, we were wrong. We should be more worried about the wing spot because after after Timothy Way and after Christian Pulisic, there's nobody. That's true. Now that I think about it, and that's I mean, scary. Tr- yeah, and truthfully, like we we even said it though. We even said it ourselves. Like we, I guess we didn't catch it, but we both said it. Like as long as Christian Pulisic stays healthy. We should be okay. We did not expect them to be out, you know? Like, and then now it goes to show you, like, crap. Who do we have that can go ahead and take the reins for a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, you're right. Definitely right. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Paredes, uh, he played in the first game. I, and I'll tell you this about Kevin Paredes. Um, I like I like what I saw from him. I, I think, obviously, this is – it's a little bit different. You know, playing – starting is different from coming off the bench. Um, I think he's doing really good over there at Wolfsburg. Um, I, I, li- I like what I saw from him. Obviously, there it's just him getting adjusted to playing at this level. I don't, I don't necessarily I, – I, do I think that he's, like, our answer for the backup? I would tell you I'd rather see him go play in the Olympics right now because I think he'll it'll benefit him more if he competes in the Olympics, not in Copa America. But yeah, I I from what I've seen so far about Kevin Paredes, I want to see more, and that's actually a good thing. Uh, Ricardo Pepe, I mean, he scored a goal on the first leg. Um, it's kind of hard to try to perform well when you're down a man, <laughs> so I'm not gonna give him, I'm not gonna uh, criticize Ricardo Pepe too much, but. I am okay with Balogun and Pepe. I think that I think with Pepe on the bright side, I don't think he needs Christian Pulisic to to do what he does. So if there's anything positive yeah. from Pepe, obviously the missing Christian Pulisic wasn't too harmful for him. Like he was still able to find a way. And also his goal was kind of nice. Um and then Brendan Aronson, like also, okay, we just wasted Paxton Aronson. Like Paxton Aronson didn't even play. Like he should there, a lot of these guys that could probably be training with the U23 team should probably have gone with the U23 team, not play, not be called up for this and not be used. So like all the, all the U23 players, like I, I would, that didn't play right now, 
we just wasted their time. I'm just gonna say that, uh, which was Paxton Harrison, but uh, and and Gaga Sonia, uh, Brendan Aronson, um, I I kind of I figured out what his role is now for the U.S. team because he's not a starter. He's not, but yeah. he has an amazing work ethic. Like I think that's the reason why he's good enough to be in Europe is because he has a great work ethic. Work ethic. He's not necessarily world class on any specific thing. Like I don't, but because of how hard he works, I think that that's what puts him in with a team like Leeds United or puts him in with a Union Berlin is because of of just having him him having that hard work ethic. So. Which, as a starter, isn't if that's like the only thing you bring to the table, it's not great to have. But coming off the bench, that's actually a really useful skill. Because I mean, Brendan Aronson is an amazing athlete. Um, so I mean, coming off the bench, especially when you're talking about a tired, uh, a tired backline, he could be a problem. And I mean, we've seen him do it plenty of times now in Europe. That he is a problem for some backlines just because of how fit he is, uh, which. Once again, if that's all you have to offer, it's kind of hard for you to be a starter, if that makes any sense. Okay. I mean, you, you've explained it pretty well, so. But, yeah. Um, so, there was a player that I mentioned uh, with, 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 uh, with Kelsey when we were talking about the U.S. Men's National Team call-up, and it was pertaining to one Alex Zendejas. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I I I really don't know what to say at this point. Like, you didn't you didn't play at all in the last call up, and you didn't play at all at all in this one. It, I mean, U.S. I don't know. Like, I don't know what Greg Perhalter is thinking when he calls him up. Like, I don't know if he owes him a favor because you're not using him. And I'm not saying that that Zendejas is bad. I actually do like Zendejas. I think that there is some value for him. And when there was a time to try to figure out the depth of our wingers, this is probably the time to see if he's good enough to at least be used, especially in Copa America. Um, And he didn't. And he wasn't even, like, we didn't even try him out. So, I don't know if America made any request to him because obviously America is in the in the Liga Mackey's playoffs, but, like, I don't know if they made any requests to, like, have him not play or, or mm-hmm. what. But, like... If he, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that because of the Olympics, he's gonna get called up for the Copa America team. Um, but after that, I just don't see us continuing to call up Alex and Dejas. Yeah, I could see that. But yeah, if this, uh, if I were to sum up this, this, uh, this one, we won, but at what cost? I think that's all I gotta say. Because I mean, going into that Jamaica game, you're not gonna have you're not gonna have Sergino Des. He's not available because of the red card. Um, hopefully, Weston McKenney is healthy. But like, and and at that point in in in, in the Nations League, like it's winner go home now. Like there's no two legs. So the the mentality. I just didn't like the mentality of this game. I I didn't like the mentality that these that the team went in with this game. Like, I don't know what it is. Is it because Christian Pulisic wasn't there? Is it because we didn't have Timothy Weah there? Like, are those two that big of a loss that, like, the mentality was just taken away? Because, I mean, they did well without Tyler Adams. 
Like, so what is Christian Pulisic and Timothy Weah that big of a loss for the U.S. team? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it just goes to show you, like, just with him being gone, just with them being gone, it's, I guess we probably didn't think about that. You know what I mean? Like, me and you, we probably didn't think that they were going to be out. I never thought about the wingers. I never thought about that, it. And I think it was because, we like, always, we're like, oh, we, were so oh, we got Gio Reyna. Yeah, we got Gio Reyna that can play on the wing. Brendan Aronson can play on the wing. And so, like, I guess we never – and I think it was just because of the fact that, like, the nine spot was so pressing to you and me that we never thought about the wingers could be an issue until yeah. we don't have our wingers. Because, like – Timothy Way and 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 uh and Christian Pulisic will play the whole game, which I mean both of them are like super young, but they they both they'll play the full ninety, and it's crazy to think that because yeah. Timothy Way uh, like the for the whole nine minutes will be a problem for that fullback. <laughs> oh yeah, and same thing with Christian Pulisic for ninety minutes he'll play, he'll play you know he'll be problems for that wing and create opportunities, create scorecard opportunities. Oh, yeah. and- yeah, and then he'll even he'll even go a little bit to the middle. Like he'll cut in, he'll cut into the mid. You know, if he has to, he'll cut into the mid. He'll make plays happen. Yeah, it was it was just it was just a very frustrating game. But at the end of the day, we got the win. I just I just still believe that we made the wrong. The U.S. made the wrong decision when they kept Greg Berhalter. That's my only thing, and and I think he's proving <laughs> it right now. Because two to one in Trinidad and Tobago. Like that's that shit is not good, not good at all. But all right, we're gonna go ahead and take a break. Unless Edward's got anything, any last words? Nope. Okay. You said it. You said it all. All right, we're gonna take a break. You're gonna hear me and Jose Tejas talk about the MLS Cup Conference Semifinals recap that and preview the Conference Finals. Um, as we're getting closer and closer to December 9th to see who's going to be the winner of the MLS, um, which I'm pretty excited because I'm also celebrating my birthday that day. So hopefully a certain team makes it all the way to the final and wins it because that'd be a really awesome birthday present. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but if not, and then we'll go over to, after that, we'll go straight to me and we're talking about the Liga Amekis playoffs. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Billy Up Sports. SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, guys, we're back here to talk MLS Cup. Conference semifinals has concluded. And, of course, joining us is Jose Tejas to continue this coverage of the MLS Cup, uh, which is brought to you by Gold TV. Gold TV is the Hulu of soccer content here in the United States. So if you guys want to know what us Americans think of this game, because you guys think that we call another game football, it's, it's football. I don't give a shit what you call it. But <laughs> but if you guys want to hear what we think of, like me and Insert Name FC or what Jose has with Yanks Around Table and Wake Up MLS, well, Gold TV is a great place. It has everything you want from card collecting to EA Sports FC. That's going to take a while to get used to saying that. And, you know, even a specific MLS team. So it's got it all covered, plus highlights and coverage of the USL, the United Soccer League, 
championship league one and league two i think there's league two and i think there's a women's league which i think is the s league yep yeah s league. future future opportunity for us i think at goals tv um no i appreciate it hector man I, I i love doing this bro i think you know having like a weekly talk about right now it's american soccer right it's mls we're, we're getting pretty close to the end here um but man this, I feel like this is my outlet i i spend most of my weekends just like raging at the tv um when my teams are playing and uh, I don't get uh, too many opportunities to banter, man. So this is this is awesome. I'm excited. Yep. So obviously the conference semifinals, it's over. So we'll, we'll we'll start things off with the Eastern Conference. First place, FC Cincinnati gets the job done. Was it pretty? No. But they got no. the job done against Philadelphia Union to a 1-0 victory. Um, went down the wire. But, hey, you got the win. That's all that matters in the playoffs. Home field became sort of an advantage I, I can't really tell you but yeah. it came down the wire what what do we say in the last episode right i think it's uh it, you'll get style points in playoffs you just win you just have to win that's it that's the only thing that counts no one's gonna remember who who bowed out and when it's just how far did you make it into the into the playoff bracket <clears throat> everyone's gonna be i'm sure uh, i got some text messages that night saying i told you i told you cincinnati's not that strong they're not that great you're overhyping them i they won. They won. And and more importantly, man, more importantly, they beat a team that consistently, consistently makes it deep into the playoffs. They were the MLS Cup final last year. I, I just I feel like we're discount. We're, we're, we're discounting the MLS supporter shield winner because it's just the easy and trendy thing to do. Right. They, they typically don't win MLS Cup the year that they win the supporter shield. So there's that curse out there. Maybe that's impacting everyone's opinion of them. But nah, man, I mean. They won. That's the only thing I, I really care about. And I, and it sets up hell is real 3.0. We'll talk about it. But I, I think the better team, in my opinion, won. I think what was more hilarious, I don't know if you caught this, was the interview Jim Curtin gave after the, the game. Um, oh, you Patty know, Jim Curtin. Not- Patty <laughs> Jim Curtin, bro. I mean, the, the man who's never won the final game of the season goes on his, you know, I, I want to call it his high horse. I don't really know what else to call it, but so to say – yeah, it's soapbox to say that 90% of the clubs are in disarray and you prefer to be where you're at, which last time I checked, you're holding as many trophies as the other 90% of the club that the clubs that you reference that are in disarray. If if results are the only things that matter at the end of the day, you're right there with everybody else. It was a crazy emotional response from a guy who's never won the final game of the season. He still, again, bows out earlier than people were anticipating um against the team that he beat last season in the playoffs i don't know um i think jim Curtin to me is now officially a bottler a thousand percent through and through i don't think anybody can deny that uh, i think jim Curtin, if you ever get a chance to see this clip or this episode if if mls is so bad man I, I mean help fix it or or leave i think that at the end of the day like it's it's it comes down to that right i think you have nothing to complain about if the trend that you set as a manager is a losing one at least when it comes to postseason regular season great fantastic um i just thought that it was a, it was a hell of a soapbox to go on um so soon after losing cincinnati no i agree i mean just, just like quoting the great dominic toretto man it doesn't matter if it's by an inch or by a mile winning is winning and that's really all that matters in the in the playoffs fc cincinnati had kept kept themselves in it that's the the, the biggest way to sum it up and it yeah. came from mosquera i mean just you know was it a pretty goal no but and was I it mean, controversial controversial 
I think the theme for this sem- uh, conference semifinals was just everyone had a controversy in there. Seriously. Everyone got a controversy. It was like Oprah Winfrey, you get a controversy, you get a controversy. Everyone gets shitty referee calls. So, so it's I, all I, good. A hundred percent, bro. It was. It's if if VAR has plagued the English Premier League really hard up to this point, I feel like the MLS finally got a taste of that. Right, like. Every game, I think every single semifinal matchup, like you said, um, just had some weird call that just impacted, I guess you could say at the end of the day, right, did impact the scoreline in some form or fashion. That Mosquera goal, fans aren't going to be happy about it, but I still will say the better team won. Yeah, uh, I mean, pro referees at their finest. That's all I got to say. <laughs> uh, there are peak pro referees right there. Yeah. Um, but the other game in the Eastern Conference, Columbus Crew ends up winning in Orlando 2-0. Um, I don't know if the word comfortable is the word, but they did they they had to fight for those two goals. But once again, Columbus Crew, the most complete team in this playoff. I think go from the beginning, the most complete team, and they're showing it. You know, once again, winning in different ways, uh, continuing that 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 th- that thing that I, we've been saying from the beginning. Yeah, I, I I think so. Look, here's and for me, this was the trickiest game to assess, right? Because if you look at the score line, you're like, okay, even if it was extra time, Columbus just just took a little bit to get into it, but then they got into it. That's not really what happened. I think that they created a lot of opportunities, especially in the beginning. I feel like uh, Orlando was scrambling a little bit, but I think Pareja got them a little bit under control about 20, 25 minutes in, got them to dig in defensively, stop giving so many opportunities away for free. And like you could tell, the longer the game was 0-0, the more momentum Orlando was starting to get. They were creating their opportunities. Janssen in the back as a center back, dude, the guy looked like prime Pique or Ramos or some shit, right? He was like legitimately stopping everything Cucho Hernandez could throw at him. I don't know. I, I, I think so many fans discounted for whatever reason Orlando. They were the two seed. I don't know how you could discount them coming into playoffs, but maybe it's how complete, quote unquote, you know, Wilford Nancy has this Columbus crew team, but I think that it, it stifled them. You know, it, it it was frustrating. You could see the look on Cucho's face every time the camera panned to him, whether, whether a missed opportunity from him as far as a shot going wide, or if he didn't get a ball placed the right way to him, whatever it may have been, he was getting more frustrated as the game went on. But as soon as the red card came in, right, the double yellow um, and, and Orlando were pinned back to 10 men. Even closing out the 90 at 0-0 to me was an accomplishment because, again, right, you, you give a, a team that good with a man, to, a man advantage for 30-plus minutes, they're going to find a way to hit the back of the net, and it didn't take them long. It was like seven or eight minutes into the first half. So um, all in all, the better team did win. I, I just feel like Orlando um, deserves more credit for how they performed against Columbus Crew in that in that semifinal. I think if if they keep all 11 men on the field, it really could have gone either way. I mean, when you look at all these playoff games, this was the conference semifinals. Like, you felt like these were the best eight teams in the league because all of Mm -hmm. them were close games. It it was a matter of just one single moment that really defined each each of these games. So I think I I think Orlando's here for a reason. They're they're there, and yeah, you're down a man, and you're able to take it to extra time. But like you said. In those in those final thirty minutes, it it was just it was inevitable for for yeah. Columbus Crew. It's just you can't hold them off, especially when you're down a guy. Agreed, bro. Agreed. But yeah, Western Conference. Uh, I'm gonna save I'm gonna save the first one first. But uh, LAFC, <laughs> LAFC third place. LAFC beats second place Seattle Sounders. I feel like this is the first time in in the playoffs that LAFC gets the better of Seattle. 
it's a one nil victory. I, I I felt terrible for Seattle watching this game because they th- I think for more or less the game, I think they did a really good job, except for that one opportunity for Denny Buonga, which once again, that was one of my 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 key my keys to that game was to keep Denny Buonga quiet. And they did they didn't do a terrible job, but you know, sometimes like I said, all it takes is that one moment, and that one moment, Danny Bonga got his shot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they did a pretty damn good job of keeping him quiet. Um, how that goal happened, I think, was a little bit to the fault of the Sounders, right? Um, kind of almost created that chance for him a little bit. And someone that good, right? We talked about how good Columbus crew were just a minute ago. An individual player of that caliber is is not really going to uh, miss that opportunity, right? They'll take full advantage. Um, with that said, though, even with the Denny Bowanga goal, I still think Seattle created opportunities. The Jordan Morris miss was probably the biggest one of the night. I think his ability to turn, even in that closed space in the box, he he got a good shot away or a decent shot away to an extent. But the chance itself was 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 very evident. Like had that been Raul Ruiz Diaz, I don't I don't know if that would that have been a goal. Maybe right. Jordan Morris to me is. It's kind of a pace merchant, right? Like, I, I don't. He's not a clinical finisher. He he kind of uses his strengths, which are speed and strength on the outside. Um, but then you look at shots like in the second half or in the final ten minutes, like that that Joao Paulo had, um, and just opportunities. You feel like Seattle was knocking on the door a little bit late. Um, it's it's really bittersweet, I think. Even for me, who I'm not a Sounders fan. In fact, you know, FC Dallas bowed out to the Sounders, but I still. Th- Felt like Seattle was building momentum in the right way. They had the, the the game at home against a team as good as LAFC. Is Nico's last stance with the club potentially also Rui Diaz and Freddie Montero? Um, there was a lot that I kind of I think was working in their favor, but you know, you 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 kind of let your your brain go for a second. You let Denny Bawanga have a free ball in the box like that with just one opportunity. That's all it really takes. So I don't know if the better team won. This is one of those games this past weekend where. I, I couldn't really tell you who really was the better team on the pitch all the way around, but I do think the team that won did have the best individual player and he, he took his moment. And, uh, and now, you know, they, they set up in my opinion, a juicy, juicy Western conference final. Yep. And, and going into that, that final match in the conference semifinals, the Houston dynamo win their last home game of the season. There's no more, no more chance to be back at shell energy stadium. Now for the dynamo, uh, they took care of business against rival Sporting Kansas City 1-0. Was a controversy there. There was, once again, it's just people just don't, just like in American football, people don't know what a catch is. Apparently, we don't know what a handball is either. So, <laughs> it, I'm, it, it I'm for crazy. it. I'm cool with the call. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I honestly, that call was 50-50. I think it all depends on, were you cheering for Houston or... <laughs> Or, you know, not not even just that, right? Right. What, what team subjectively you were cheering for. But I think, I don't know. I think interpretation of the rules uh, maybe needs to get looked at again. And this is not just MLS. This is global in terms of how refs are interpreting, interpreting everything right now. But yeah, man, you're seeing it. We saw it a lot in the Premier League to start. And now in MLS playoffs, the most crucial point of the year, you're getting back-to-back calls from referees that could tilt the game either way. I still think, though, I still think, Houston was the better team. I think Kansas City came on late, right? There were some chances that they were creating late. I thought what Houston did the best in this game was make Kansas City's attack very, very uncomfortable. I don't know if anybody noticed this, right? Someone as good as Gotti 
all season, right? Um, him and Pulido all season long for Sporting Kansas City, at least in terms of when they came back from injury and whatnot back, back in late May. They've been the best attacking force in MLS, in my opinion, all season long since then. And, man, he had zero rhythm. There was a point right before he got subbed in the 60th minute or whatever it was, which, by the way, that should tell you what kind of game he was having, right? He didn't stand for the full 90. He came off, a, an impact player, came off the pitch for Kansas City, 30 minutes left to play. That should tell you everything about Houston's game plan, what they were able to do successfully on the pitch. Um, he just didn't, his, his through balls weren't going anywhere. He couldn't find Johnny Russell out to the left and isolate him 1v1. His balls over the top were kind of going nowhere, and he visibly looked very, very frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um he was trying to control everything and it just it didn't work out that way. So I think Houston defensively did a fantastic job led by guys like Ache Ache and, and Arthur. I think that those guys in the midfield just made it very difficult for him. But then I think offensively, man, Houston's ability to stretch the field horizontally and force you to defend out wide, man, it, right now they're probably the best in MLS at that. I think so anyway. I think the other, the only other team that's just as dynamic, I think is probably the Columbus crew, but I think what what Olsen was able to do in terms of isolating Quinones and uh, and and overloading from one side, switching it to the other, and being just as lethal on that flank, man, it it created so many problems, so many problems for Kansas City, especially in the first 20, 25 minutes. So if they do that again, LAFC, to me, they're a decent defensive team. I don't know how they look when they get stretched Mm because they haven't seen that in playoffs just yet. But if Houston goes in with a similar game plan, they're going to create a lot of problems for LAFC. No, yeah, definitely. And once again, a goal a goal for the Dynamo coming from a from a very bizarre place, which was Franco Escobar. Um, which I mean, people need to kind of I think a, a signing that the people don't really speak about enough about the Dynamo. You know, they went and brought in guys from winning organizations, obviously Arthur from his time at Columbus Crew. Yeah. Franco Escobar has won everywhere he's been. He's won with Atlanta United and he's also won with LAFC last season. Mm-hmm. So now he comes into Houston. And comes in at a very clutch moment on a set on a set piece for a corner, and, and sends the Houston Dynamo to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, that once again just proves that no one knows where these goals are coming from from the Dynamo, but they get in. And uh, that's been the story of the Dynamo. The way they've been playing is do what we need to do defensively. I think Shev- Shevchenko, another player that I think is a very important piece, also for some people might get mad right now because that he was part of that handball thing. My only thing I'll say. <laughs> The only thing I'll say is we just need to make this black and white. We cannot let the referees go in making it a judgment decision. Like, I, I mean, I get it. It worked in my favor for this situation, but if it it's a, been flipped, yeah. it could have been flipped. It could have been flipped, honestly. So let's just, let's just make it, let's all have like, just don't let the referees have their discretion or, you know, let them decide whether or not the intent was there or anything like that. Let's just make it a handball is a handball. Yeah. Um, I think if you make it that black and white, I think it becomes then, right, like, I don't know. I I see some logic to how the rules are structured today because I think that the big controversy was, right, that did it hit him? It, every, it, everyone knows it hit him on the arm. Now, was his arm close to his body? You know, where was the ball adjacent to that? All of that comes into play with, with how the rules are structured today. I think if they made it black and white, just is it a handball or is it not? It would make things easier and less controversial up to a certain point. I then feel as though that, I don't know, if you go back and look at how many moments where someone was just defending really well, they put their arms down, and how many handballs, I guess, could have been called when they went to block an opportunity or a shot. 
I, I see both sides of the argument. Um, but I, I also think that like ref education probably just needs to go in a slightly different direction. Right. And, and, and there needs to be a standard that everybody globally is held to. Um, I just, I, I hate seeing one thing in one league, letting that be the measure for success or the bar. And then you watch major league soccer or USL or the guy or whatever it may be. And something completely different happens and changes the way you think about that rule. Um, that that's my biggest frustration with it. In all honesty, man, I think when it happened, I was telling myself and the friends that I was watching with, and this is at a Dallas fan, I was like, I can see it going either way. I think it's up to the ref. That's kind of where we are today. Mm-hmm. If I could see it being a handball um for certain reasons, I could see it not being a handball for certain reasons. And if it's ever that 50-50, I think you just have to let it play. I just think you have to. I think it's it's too mm-hmm. big of a game, like to to just give an opportunity like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's that's just kind of my two cents on it, but I, I agree with you, man. I think something needs to change because it's it's very, very controversial. I mean, I agree. I mean, so like, you know, I, I did play defender when I when I did play on Sunday league. Uh, <laughs> but you know, and I and I get like if you're just trying to keep your body, you know, make make your arm part of your body and you know, there's always been the and I I think yeah, I think the referees just need to be educated a little bit better to make those decisions. And then obviously if it is like if it's just hard if it takes forever to figure out whether or not it is just stick with the call on the field like whatever exactly if it's not if it's not clear and obvious yeah that's another thing too right is like if you have to debate back and forth for three four five ten minutes it's it dude just whatever the call on the field let it stand like it's just you're going to create more controversy than the original call itself created by going this far back and forth and then reluctantly because that's what it'll be reluctantly changing your mind at the very end it just shows that like i don't know the authority figures that we're leaning upon in this game don't even trust themselves mentally sometimes and that's a scary thought that then we start talking about things like video assistant referees var having more power than they should re-refing games right changing calls that impact where a team will finish a season um, and in a league this young with major league soccer that's that's a massive sticking point right now. Every bit of success that you can get is super important. Mm-hmm. I agree. But all right, the conference finals are here or the semifinals, however you want to call it. Um, <laughs> in the Eastern conference, we have first place FC, the only first place team FC Cincinnati taking on their state rivals, third place, Columbus crew. Hell is real. This is, is where real. home field advantage may be kind of important, but I mean, there's a lot of Columbus Crew fans, and there's also a lot of FC Cincinnati fans. This is going to be a juicy semifinal. Disappointing that this isn't a final, by the way. But. <laughs> In the same conference, so it, yeah, it can't be this. It can't be a final, bro. I'm treating it like a final. I'll tell you that. I think uh, the fact that you have the third installment of the Hell Is Real Derby this season. They've split that in the previous two matches, right? Cincinnati has one win. Columbus has one win this season. Columbus is, of course, a little more comfortable now considering all the moves they made uh, in the last transfer window in the middle of the season. So there's like, like, I think Columbus technically are a little bit scarier, but, but Orlando, I think, gave Cincinnati somewhat of a blueprint, bro. I think that they, they really did give them something to stick to defensively a way to frustrate the offense of the Columbus crew. And even if they get a ton of opportunities that miss or are not as effective as, as we all thought they were going to be, that's okay. As long as they don't get scored on first from Cincinnati's perspective, 
the pressure I think remains on the crew to an extent, right? Cause I think we're not the only ones that feel this way. I think a lot of MLS fans feel like the crew really are the most lethal team left in the entire playoff bracket. Um, and I, I would kind of agree with that statement, but I think the number one seed at home, if the fans can make the TQL massive, just a, a, a hostile environment to enter and which it should be, if this is really the hell is real Derby, this should be, this should feel like a stateside classical. Like it really should, that they should make it that type of environment as much as possible. And if they do, I think if Columbus can't score, let's say in the first half, that that second half, as, as I think is going to be much more open. If you're a neutral fan, which I think most of us are at this point, unless you live in Ohio, it's going to be one of the most fun games you could tune into all season long, man. I'm so pumped for it. I don't even have a prediction at this point, if we're being honest. Like, I'll, I'll give you one if you want me to give you one for the show. But I think it's so close, man. It's so close. I don't think anybody can confidently say one team's going to win over the other unless you're one of those, you know, Supporters Shield winners don't win MLS Cup merchants, which I know more than a few of those. Yeah, I, I think I think the key for FC Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati is going to be you got to get Columbus crew out of their groove. They cannot be gelling especially that midfield that Columbus crew has. I Overall, the team, like I said, one of the most complete teams in, in MLS. As long as they're not gelling, and I mean, you can say Orlando could kind of show you how, from that Orlando game, how they were able to take it extra time. There's little moments where you can kind of get an idea of how to make sure that you can keep things going for you. FC Cincinnati obviously has their attack. They got the MVP. That's the only title I know as far as that <laughs> title goes is the MVP, Lucho, yeah. <laughs> Lucho Acosta who to me is probably the most crucial player for FC FC Cincinnati. He's going to be the playmaker. He's going to find those lanes. It's going to be on him to make sure. And on the other side of your Columbus crew, you got to keep that 10 quiet. Don't let him be the playmaking creator. Um, Obviously there's rumors that Lucho might be gaining his U S citizenship and try to play for the U S men's national team. That'll be interesting. But (laughs) yeah, especially with the 10th depth that we have, but (laughs) I, I think uh, I think it's going to be an exciting game. I, I I would love to see FC Cincinnati move on to the final, but uh, I think it's Columbus crew going into the final. That's fair. That's fair. Do you have a score prediction for that? I do not. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, bro. It's really, really tough. This is one of those ones where, like... This could honestly be a 1-0 game. It could. It could. Um, And and, it, and that one goal could come in in extra time, right? Like, like it, it really kind of depends on how far this thing goes. I think... The first half will tell you everything. I think it'll it'll give us all a strong indication of where this game's going to go, how fast paced it's going to be, how physical it's going to be. Um, and I'll tell you, man, if I'm Cincinnati, and I, I'm just like you, I was a defender my whole life, dude. I'm I'm coming in hot. I'm making sure that on every single ball that comes anywhere near any of the attackers in my area, they're going to feel me on every single one. Right, even if they pass it away immediately. I'm going to make that contact with them. I'm going to make sure this is the most physical game they've had all season long. And if they can do that, if they can really do that and, and not set up shop defensively, because I don't think that's how Cincinnati plays, they will still be open. Pat Noonan wants to be attacking minded and, and go for it. Um, I like Cincinnati because everybody else likes Columbus. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I think uh, I'm going to stick with the one C. They still haven't given me a very strong reason to not believe in them just yet. I think Lucho, maybe he's feeling himself after the recently crowned MVP award. And I don't know, maybe he somehow finds another level that we just haven't seen this season. I'm not banking on that per se, 
I think that that team has won enough this season and they know how big of a game this is to step their shit up and, and bring a different level to the day. But with that said, Columbus is Columbus. So I agree with you. It could be a one nil. It could be a zero zero that goes in the penalty kick shootouts. I'm hoping it's like a three, two. I would love for a ton of goals in this game. It'd be amazing. Um, but both teams are very are very good defensively, so I'm not sure if it goes that way. I'm taking Cincinnati. I think they move on, and I think that we have a Supporters' Shield winner in the MLS Cup final. Yeah, I think Bobby Oscar is going to be really excited going into this game, <laughs> being able to come back. You know, we got- The shithousery is going to be epic, bro. I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to still stick with Columbus group, but, I mean, I think that I think this game could really go either way. Um, but Western Conference, third place, LAFC taking on the fourth place Houston Dynamo. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I'm biased. There's no <laughs> there's no way I can't be biased on this matchup. But I'm going to tell you, if there was a team to face off in the Western Conference Finals, LAFC is the team that Dynamo needed. I I think Seattle would have been a little bit of a tougher matchup for the Dynamo, but I think LAFC. I think with what the Dynamo can do defensively is going to be a problem, and they could keep Denny Bowanga silent. I agree. I agree. I think uh, Sounders. I don't know what it was. And again, I, I think they just gave. Bawanga one opportunity he took advantage of it and they're not as good as Houston offensively to counter that I think Bawanga may still score that's totally okay I mean they're at BMO Stadium in LA you expect their best player to score I just don't think LAFC is going to be able to keep up with Houston one I don't think Houston's scared I just don't I just don't I don't think that they're scared to walk into BMO take all of the hate that those fans are going to give them and i think it's it's just you know some of the stuff i've seen on twitter about that fan base this week i think rave green tv even shared how quote unquote plastic that fan base was it was hilarious it was a tweet that i think sparked a ton of conversation um but going past that i think that those fans will make it a hostile environment the best they can i just don't think houston's players give a shit i just don't think so i think that they're going to walk in tune that noise out focus on the task at hand and keep it a wild card offensively. And what I mean by that is like, dude, Houston has so many options. Who do you try and stop? Like, like realistically, right? Like if you're game planning defensively for the, for the Houston Dynamo, where do you really go to try and plug the holes and, and, and try to make sure that you don't give any opportunities for free? They stretch defenses so well. And any one of their four or five, six players that seemingly go forward on almost every play could score. Like it's, 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 it's they really are that dynamic. And so, I, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for LAFC to cope with that defensively. I think they're just hoping that Bawanga has like a masterclass, that he just scores at will. Um, but I don't see Houston giving up more than a goal from Bawanga either. Um, I think it'd be a huge achievement, in my opinion, if LAFC kind of walked into that game and Bawanga got a brace or, or more. Uh, so he might get one. I think he's that good. You have to respect him. Uh, but to me, the Dynamo just way more options to attack you with way more options to kill the game off with and if they score first if they score first lafc is just gonna be playing catch up the whole game that's literally what it's gonna be in my opinion so i don't want to hype the dynamo up too much at the end of the day i'm gonna have to dallas fan all right so you know um i i will respect the the rivalry a little bit but game is game man i i recognize it and i think that this is the scariest dynamo that we've seen and I don't know how many years, and I did not expect that when the season started. Just not, I didn't expect anywhere near that. So this is um, this is going to be a much tougher task for LAFC than the Sounders were, in my opinion. No, I I, I agree with that. I think um, 
I think when when you think about those Houston Dynamo teams from from the past, like blue collar, tough it out, just mentally just dogs. Yeah. You know, and, and you kind of mentioned like you didn't necessarily know where the goals were coming from. I mean, everyone knew Brian Ching was the guy to to at least keep an eye on. But then there's Dwayne Rosario. There's still Brad Davis, Stuart Holding. Like there was, you know, there was options all around, which is kind of similar with this with this with this Dynamo team. It is very blue collar. The way this mm-hmm. this team plays like the old school Dynamo, um, maybe with a little bit more flair. But you're right. There's not. It's going to be hard to pin for LAFC to pinpoint who to cover because if you cover Hector Herrera, you still got Coco Carasquilla. You try to cover yeah. him, there's still Arthur. You know, Nelson Quiones. It's going to be a problem if you can't keep up with him. That is a veteran backline that they have over there, and I think the ultimate wild card when it comes to the attack is Griffin Dorsey because you just don't know what this guy is going to do. Agreed. I, I've loved Griffin Dorsey from the beginning. I think has one of the greatest comeback stories that anyone could have. Um, met him personally. Greatest guy I've ever met in my life, aside from Coco Carasquilla, who offered me water one time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just as my time as an equipment manager for the Dynamo. Yeah. Uh, so it, I think that's also the where, I, where it comes in with me with the biases because I saw this locker room gel immediately. These guys are 100% a team. They've been buying themselves in from the jump. And I think that's one of the things that Pat Onstead and, and, and Ben Olsen were able to do, which was this team was god-awful last year. And now they're they're one game away from an MLS Cup. Yeah, and you mentioned Dorsey, right? Like just the, the, the epitome of a modern fullback and like someone who can get forward and not afraid to crank it and has the skill to to put it in the back of the net. We've all seen him do it. I, I remember the, the Open Cup final. Um, I think you look at, um, you know, LAFC and that side, can they match that? I mean, Ryan Hollingshed likes to move up, uh, and I'm very familiar with his game from his time in Dallas, and um, he likes to be that guy a little bit, but I don't think he offers, you know, anywhere close to the same level of attacking prowess as a defender that Dorsey offers. That's just one more player who's not a tried-and-true attacker that LAFC will have to account for. Um, so, again, I think, if you know, if I'm if I'm Tarundolo and I'm trying to figure out, okay, like 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 what's the game plan here? I think maybe you figure out a way to get a little bit compact. You probably have to force your wingers to, to to backtrack heavily in this game to keep up with the width of the Houston Dynamo. I and, and it might work for the first 25, 30 minutes, maybe even the first half. But I just don't think they can do it for a full 90. I just don't. I think it's to play that that level of a game, like that high octane game, and keep up with a team who's used to doing it week in and week out. It's it's hard to nail that down in a week. It just is like mm-hmm. it's a very different team that they're playing uh, against the Sounders. So um, I have Dynamo going through. Um, you know, could LAFC prove me wrong and could Bawanga go off and make it? You know, to back to back MLS Cup finals, sure, right? I, I think everybody's probably picking them to do it. And I, I might have even had them in my bracket as going to the final when we first did this. But the Dynamo to me, it just continuously looked a little bit better and better game over game, even in the real Salt Lake matches. I think even Salt Lake's a great team. Um, and to to take them to, to the full three and still beat them and move on and uh, keep it going against Kansas City, it could have been 2-0, 3-0, 3-1, one It really could have. Like, Garaskia finishes his chances. If others finish their chances, like, they really could have made that game wide open. So LAFC will have a lot to account for on Saturday. I have I have Dynamo going through. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm biased. I'm going to go with the Dynamo. But I will say, <laughs> the, the at least to like not sound as biased, I think for LAFC is hoping that he, the Houston Dynamo is the same Houston Dynamo we see normally on the road. And, and they, they do miss opportunities. I mean, Corey Baird, I think 
I've yelled at him plenty of times on t- on the TV. Um, and then, you know, you bring in uh, Ibrahim Aliu. Um, essentially, Corey Baird, but quicker. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, like, so there is like, the I mean, it's like their greatest, their their biggest strength, but it also is their downfall is that you just don't know where these goals are coming from. Sometimes it's just one goal, but you know that back line could do it. I think if LAFC, if there's something to, to at least go off of, it's just the fact that there's a reason why that you know one knows who's that set goal scorer. They did have a set goal scorer at one time, but he was too busy <laughs> eating KFC in Mexico. So it pissed <laughs> off the whole franchise. Uh, I'm sure no one knows that number nine. Yeah, yeah, I'm as, sure as no one say, knows. Same last name as a certain FC Dallas number 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think, look, I the, the away, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think, you know, uh, either Dynamo haters, like like I probably should be as a Dallas fan, or LAFC fans will point to the away record, and they're already bad on the road. How are they going to be when they enter BMO in this crazy hostile LAFC atmosphere uh, with those fans? We've all seen the videos trending on socials. Um, and, and that's warranted a little bit. I just think at this point of the season, it's not, I don't know. To me, the, all that stuff goes out the window. I think you conference finals, the chance to go to an MLS Cup and for the Dynamo to return to the MLS Cup final after how many years it's been with how many winners they have on their roster, right? Players who, even if if they've shown us throughout this season that they're not as, as strong on the road as they are at home, they still have a mentality that seems to just get them through the game time and time again. They just know how to win. A lot of these guys come from other clubs where they just they have a strong winning history. Um, and I think that mentality will take over. I think Bowanga is, is probably going to be the most up for this game. I think he wants to prove that maybe he should have been the MVP, right? Um, he was second in the running, I think it was, when the, when the tallies all kind of came through. Um, pr- probably show why maybe, you know, he deserved it over Lucho did, but I, I think at the end of the day, I just think to bank on one player versus the breadth of options that Houston Dynamo have, even on the road, and even if they start off a little bit slow, and you talk about misses, right? I remember seeing Karaskia in the middle of the 18, almost a wide open shot, kind of shank it left. You're going to get those, right? Those will happen. I just think it's, it's, a, it's a volume play. There are going to be so many chances and shots that eventually these are going to fall. And can LAFC keep up? I don't know. Yeah, that's a very fair point. But, man, this weekend is going to be juicy. Yep. Um, I am definitely going to have my, my eyes closed on it because you guys remember, MLS Cup Finals always around my birthday. So it would be nice to have my birthday party also be, done, you know, watching me the, watch the MLS Cup and the Dynamo are in it. Yeah, um, bro. So. If if you do, if you do, if, if Dynamo make it and you you get to your birthday, bro, where where are you having the watch party? Um, it's gonna be at my house. <laughs> at my house, we might we might even have a Dynamo cake. <laughs> I mean, if, if that's, that's the dope. case, <laughs> I like that, bro. I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is gonna be. Uh, I'm really really hoping for Cincinnati Dynamo, I, but equally, I would take a Crew Dynamo final. Um, I don't want to see LAFC go back. To be honest, man, they won it last year. Everyone knows how star studded that roster is. I think they're not as good as they were last season. I I just kind of, I, not only do I hope, I just think they're going to bow out. Um, but I, I I think whether it's the Crew or Cincinnati and the Dynamo, I think it sets up a fantastic MLS Cup final for neutrals. I will say though, a huge wow factor would be the first game that the Dynamo played this season was against FC Cincinnati, and to conclude yeah. the season against FC Cincinnati would be pretty dope. 
It'd so. be dope. It'd be really dope. I think, uh, and and I, I think both teams. I think Houston would force Cincinnati to not be just a strong defensive presence. They would force them to really come out of their shell and go at them, and it could be a very open game. Um, but I think that's the case with the crew too. I think the crew have so many options that you can imagine a three-two, a four-three, or whatever it may be. We may get a better MLS Cup final than the record-breaking one we had last year, right? With all of those goals and the Gareth Bale moments and everything else. So. Yeah, man, uh, it's shaping up to be, hopefully, uh, a really, really great conclusion to the season. Yep. And, I mean, of course, we all know the last time a Houston team was playing in L.A. for a crucial playoff game and how that turned out. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think we all remember. I think we all remember. But, but bro, I mean, I think like Dallas went – like I think Houston's got a shot, man. I, I really do. I think Dallas went to, to BMO earlier this season and barely lost 2-1. But what was crazy about that game was that Boanga came off the plane like an hour after being on international duty and then came off the plane, um, got to the game like late. Like he didn't even get there for the kickoff. Got to the game late, got subbed in with 10 minutes to go, and then buried the winner, um, which is like some crazy shit that only Denny Boanga maybe can can pull off. I don't really know, but – that to me is like the only outside chance LAFC really kind of has is like some crazy individual play from Bawanga or somebody else. It's not going to be Vela. It's not going to be, you know, any one of their uh, other talents or stars. It's really going to be Bawanga. So yeah, man, it's uh, Saturday. Can't get here soon enough. Yeah, for sure. But all right, man, those are the matches for this weekend. Get ready for it. Of course, always it's great to have Jose on to talk about MLS cup. Um, Obviously. Time to shamelessly plug everything that you have. So go I off. appreciate it, bro. Yeah, man. I mean, Goals TV, we're actually getting ready to announce it, which I feel like, you know, I, when I come on this show or any other show, I talk about the Goals TV platform and, and the project that we're building out. Um, I tease it a little bit. I'm sure some people go check it out. We're announcing this week just a complete overhaul of our, our the entire website, the entire platform. It looks different, looks cooler, feels different, sexier features. And some that are just unique to us as soccer fans. So, again, whether you're a podcast guy, a vlogs guy, trading card and collectibles, you're into gaming with EAFC24, whatever it may be, right, I'm I'm almost positive you're going to be able to find something that meets your needs as a soccer fan. So go check it out, golz.tv. It's getting bigger. It's getting better. Getting ready to head into an offseason for American soccer. But equally, Europe is only just ramping up now. We're getting closer to Christmas. So, Go check it out. I really appreciate it, Hector. Thank you so much for letting me come on, bro. Bring me back for the MLS Cup final. I'm ready. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we're going to go ahead and go straight into me and Edward previewing the Liga Mekis playoffs and uh, announce our players of the week. And I've also offered Edward something for the singing bet, maybe to alleviate his, his struggles right now. So go ahead and get ready to check that out. Later, guys. And we're back. All right. The league, the 2023 Apertura is, you know, we had the the plan was done. We'll talk about the plan. We'll think we'll, we'll express our thoughts on the plan, but we'll recap it first. So, seventh place, Atletico San Luis beat eighth place Club Leon three to two, um, which now means San Luis will be facing second place Monterrey. In the other matchup that happened that same day, the ninth place Santos Laguna beat tenth place Mazatlan two to one which eliminated Mazatlan from the playoffs, which means now eighth place Club Leon faces Santos Laguna um, to see who ends up getting that final seed to face America, which Club Leon did beat Santos Laguna 3-2. So now the eighth seed, 
the A seed is now taking basically if we didn't have this play in game, we would have the same quarterfinal matchups. So Edward, before I, I, I go off on this, what do you think of the play in round? This new play in round for League Imekis? Um to be, to be fair, I'm not a hundred percent on it right now. I have to I basically I think I have to grasp a concept within myself. Like I have to actually sit down and and watch as uh, all the games unfold because I'm it, it's still very foreign to me. I can't I can't I can't tell you that I'm for it and I can't tell you that I'm really against it. It's it's really a bit foreign. Like I I, I like I said I have to be watching it constantly in order for me to be like, "Oh, okay, I get it." Okay. I I'm just going to sit here and tell y'all I don't like this. <laughs> and weirdly enough, the seven seed beat the eighth seed, the ninth seed beat the tenth seed, and then the eighth seed beat the ninth seed. It's almost as if the team that finished ahead of the other team was there for a reason. And <laughs> because, <laughs> like I said, the quarter, like if there was no playing round, the quarterfinals would still be the same matchups for the quarterfinals. Like nothing changed. Like it's not like it would have been interesting to see maybe Club Leon beat Santo, you know, beat San Luis to go face Monterrey, like some weird random thing. But it's just, I think at least it was clear for this season why the seven AFC were the seven and eighth seed, um, and why the ninth and tenth seed were the ninth and tenth seed. Like I like it, it's it to me it was dumb. I know that this was basically trying to make it interesting or different versus doing reclassification. I will say the one thing I do like it versus reclassification, which isn't really saying much is the fact that now there's not as many teams competing in it. Like we don't have a lot of teams going off trying to compete in the playoffs versus now you just have 10, you know, from first to, well, I guess, yeah, from first to 10th, having a shot at going into the, you know, have a shot at the, at the Liga Mekis trophy. Um, but the play-in tournament, it, it didn't work out. I don't, maybe, maybe in the Clausura, maybe it's a little bit different. Maybe it's a little bit more tighter at the bottom, but I, right now I don't like it. And I don't think it's going to change because if you think about it, if you're that, and, 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 um, Kelsey pointed this, you know, mentioned this, you're the seventh seed, right? You beat, you know, you win, you win your play-in game. And now you're still gonna play against a team that you were gonna play play against anyways, and now you're tired because you played one more game than they did. Oh, were you there? Edward. All right, well, so Edward comes back. Uh, we'll 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 keep going. All right, but yeah, so that that's what happened. The playing round, um, wasn't all that great. Uh, but we'll continue on. All right, so the quarterfinal matchups is in first the first place Club America taking on eighth place Club Leon, uh, second place Monterrey taking on seventh place Atlético San Luis. Third place Tigres taking on sixth place Puebla, 
And fourth place, Pumas taking on fifth place, Chivas de Guadalajara. Um, Edward, from this matchups, um, which one is your the one you want to watch? Well, um, oh, sorry, my I'm all congested and stuff. Um, <clears throat> well, let me see. So on this one on the the guy back east. <clears throat> yeah, no fun. So I want to say Pumas versus Chivas because that's actually probably the closest one that they have that's like uh, in the same ranking, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, if you got, I mean, any. Any team that goes against America is kind of like already you already get you're already getting rooted against, mm-hmm. you know. But Pumas and Chivas, I think that would be the the one to watch. I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna argue for America and Club Leon because even though like Club Le- you know Leon finished in eighth place, uh, Leon is always a team that like just somehow you know flips it on for for Liga MX playoffs. Um, this is a little bit different, being that there it it's not recla- there's no reclassification, so um obviously they had to do that weird play in thing, and I think the only real problem for club club Leon would be that you you played two games right because you had the you had the you played the play in game against Atletico San Luis, you lost that one, and then you played the game against Santos Laguna, and so you're already two games in. Uh, you know, fatigue. That's all. all that's gonna be. And I mean, yeah, I get. It. Yeah, like fatigue's gonna kick in because the first game, the, the first legs are on Wednesday, on Wednesday. So by the time this episode drops, the first legs have already happened. And on 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 the weekend, we're gonna have the second legs. So if you're talking about like tired legs, because like San Luis only had to play one game and they played on Thursday, so they'll have at least a look. They definitely have more rest than Leon does. Leon is coming off of a game played on Sunday. So Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, they got to play a game. So Leon probably has the biggest disadvantage going into it, and they got to face America. But, you know, America does tend to choke. Even though they're usually the best team in Liga Mekis, usually they finish pretty highly in Liga Mekis. When it comes to when they're in the in the playoffs, they somehow choke either early on well, actually, yeah, pretty early. They know they're like very well notorious for choking very early on in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, so oh, yeah, I'm intrigued. See, I'm intrigued by it. I can see, I can see what you're talking about. I mean, you're right. Everyone does do all that, but I'm still, I'm still thinking like Pumas Chivas is gonna be a really good game. Like that one's gonna be. No, I agree. I agree that it's gonna be a good one. But, but all right, we'll we'll do our little. We'll we'll have picks. So America versus Club Leon. Who you got? Mm, I'm gonna root for the underdog, Leon. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say America. I think the fact that this, with this new format, it's gonna take some time for guys to like. Especially if you're in those like bottom seeds, it's gonna take some time for them to like really adjust to how to recover, recuperate, and all that. So I think Club Leon 
is coming with a real big disadvantage, having to already play two games. And they're going to be only having two days of not even two days of rest because they got to go back into tra- they got to go back into training and preparation for this game on Wednesday against America. So I'm going to give it to America. I think Leon is going to have a little bit too much, too much going on for them to turn around to go face America. Uh, but maybe, hey, maybe they have a bad game in the first leg and then second leg they turn they turn it up. But uh, I just don't think it's going to happen at least this time. Uh. Well, yeah. All right. Uh, next game, Monterrey and Atlético San Luis. Monterrey. Monterrey. <laughs> I'm I'm really surprised that Atlético San Luis is here. We normally don't see them in the playoffs. We haven't seen. I haven't, dude. It's been so long since I've seen San Luis in there. Yeah. Like, so super. So I'm rooting for them. It <laughs> like, but I don't think they're gonna win. <laughs> but it'd be cool just to see a different champion. But it's not gonna yeah. happen. Um, Tigres versus Puebla. Ooh, Tigres. 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 Yeah, I'm with you on the Tigres all the way. Mm-hmm. And then Pumas and Chivas. True, that's a tough one. Mm. See, this is the same. This is the thing that that's where I'm like. Mm. I'm gonna go with Chivas. I'm with Chivas as well. I'm taking Chivas. Pumas is a little bit overrated to me. But, yeah. All right. So, that is the Liga Mekis playoffs. Second legs will be this weekend. So, make sure you guys go ahead and see who moves on to the next round as me and everyone will continue to be covering Liga Mekis until uh, we make it to the final. Uh, Players of the Week, man. Players of the Week is brought to you by InTheClutch.com. InTheClutch.com is an amazing clothing company that has partnered with the Players Associations of Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball, National Basketball Association, the National Football League, and so, so much more. These shirts are comfortable. The designs are amazing. And the best part is that all the proceeds go to the players. So if you guys want to help out with that and you want a little bit more reason to to go and shop there, if you guys go to intheclutch.com and you use the code insert name at checkout, you'll save yourself 10% off your purchase. Once again, these shirts are amazing and quoted by Kelsey Coyne of High Low Sports. It has passed the fat boy test. So, once again, go to intheclutch.com, use the code insert name at checkout, save yourself 10% off your entire purchase. Edward, who is your player of the week? So, my player of the week is actually, and you would be surprised, um, Santiago Jimenez, who scores a hat trick in Fabio North's 4 2 win against Excelsior. What a name. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. a name. This Excelsior. is this is Santiago Jimenez's <laughs> second time appearing on Players of the Week this year. So Yeah. So once by you one. and now once by me. Yeah, right. So and then who's your player of the week? My player of the week as a proud, proud parent is my adopted son Rodrigo, who scored two goals in Real Madrid's three nil victory against Cadiz. Mm, okay. So Rodrigo, for the first time, has been featured on Players of the Week. And it was your, it was it was you who put him up there. So. Yeah, proud father, proud, proud, proud adopted father. Um, but all right, congratulations to Santiago Jimenez and Rodrigo goes for being our player. That's his last name. Um, for being our Players of the Week, make sure once again go to intheclutch.com, use the code insert name at checkout, save yourself ten percent off. Your entire purchase. All right, games to watch this weekend. 
going to point out a big one, maybe, depending on how you feel. But the U-17 FIFA World Cup is now being concluded. The final will be set by the time this episode drops. Can't tell you who, can't tell you who it is right now, but the final will be this weekend. If you guys have, are able to wake up super early because the games are, in, I think, in Asia. Um, Indonesia, I, I think it's Indonesia. I, I Don't quote me on that, but I know the games are like at 4 in the morning. But... Go ahead and check it out. U17 World Cup. All Hilal taking on All Nassar over there in the Saudi Pro League. So that should be a, a good one. Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't know who's in All Hilal, but they're both two good teams right now in, in the Saudi League. Um, Canada taking on Australia as a women's international friendly, I believe. So two of the good team, two of the top teams in women's soccer facing off against each other, and Feyenoord taking on PSV, Chucky Lozano versus Santiago Jimenez, Pepe versus Santiago Jimenez. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know anybody else in Feyenoord. <laughs> so so get, get ready for that one. I believe right now PSV is still undefeated. So don't quote me on that. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Let me see. But I believe they're still undefeated. I believe they are still undefeated. And yes, they are in fact still undefeated in the Eredivisie. So we'll can Santiago Jimenez put an end to it? Probably not. All right. In the MLS, we have the conference finals. So uh hopefully my Houston Dynamo can keep this game going their 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 run going. Um, because if that's the case, my birthday party is going to be a dynamo theme. <laughs> and when I say theme, it's just going to be the cake. It's, the cake is going to be the theme. <laughs> Don't think we're going to put decorations or anything like that for my birthday. Might be a little sad if I do that because I am not a child. <laughs> so, or maybe at heart, maybe. Uh, Liga Mackey. Excuse bless me. You. Sorry. Bless you. Uh, Liga Mackeys, we got the quarterfinals, so get ready for that. It's going to be fun. Second leg of the quarterfinals, be specific. Uh, in Liga, we got RC Lens taking on Leon. Leon is still terrible. Um, let's see how if they can bounce against R- bounce back against RC Lens. And Marcial taking on Stade Rennes. Um, those are some good ones for the league. On In the Bundesliga, we got Bayer Leverkusen, which, wow, what a great job by Xabi Alonso. So far over there in Bayer Leverkusen, uh, taking on Borussia Dortmund. So we'll see if Br- Edwards Borussia Dortmund can put a stop to Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. And Borussia Mönchengladbach taking on TSG Hoffenheim in the Bundesliga. In the Serie A, we got Sassuolo taking on Roma and Napoli versus Inter Milan. So Some good matchups over there in Italy. In La Liga, we got Girona taking on Valencia. I'm not going to lie, Girona should probably run away with that game. Um, but maybe not. And the final singing bet of this half of the season, Edward Robles versus Roosevelt Spencer, Barcelona versus Atletico Madrid. Edward oh, man. needs some results. Spencer... Well, Spencer just needs to win. <laughs> but, he needs a lot, dang it. But yeah, 
So some high pressure here because this is, once again, this is the last singing matchup for the year, and it will be for the first half of our singing bet season. So after this, we'll probably do a recap to see where everybody is at. Um, Edward, I'm going to throw this at you. Just just, just to see how you feel. Just sprinkle it in there. No. Let's be honest. I'm not really a good Bayern Munich fan, man, am I? Not too good. Would you like me to remove Bayern Munich from the singing bet? Mm, well, wouldn't we have to also take that out with Spence? Uh, Spence doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you guys would... It would take away a loss for both of y'all. <laughs> and it would remove a win for me. And I'm not going to lie. I'm really I'm really not that good of a Bayern Munich fan. Because the fact is, I realized I was just a Philip Lahm fan. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. I was like, you were, I was like once Philip Lahm went, you left. And you really I really stopped care. I became more of a boot. I've been rooting for, like... <laughs> RB Leipzig more than I've rooted for Bayern Munich. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. I was like, you've been you've been rooting. Hell, you even do a little. You hope for a little bit more for Borussia Dortmund, if anything. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm surprised. So I'm yeah, I'm really not a good Bayern Munich fan. So uh, the offer is there. Would you like me to remove Bayern Munich from the singing bit? I mean, uh, what would happen? Let's put it this way. So then, would that just remove all the? That would yeah, that would remove the Bundesliga. Bundesliga, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess because it's it's not like let's put it this way: it's not like Bayern Munich is going to be losing. Like, yeah, like it's it, 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 it takes three points away from me. It does it, it because I mean that 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 last Borussia Dortmund Bayern Munich game that was a blowout, but that like was horrible. So, which then this alleviates me now because there's no longer the pressure of liking Bayern Munich. And now I could actually go off and start buying all the Bundesliga jerseys that I like. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, which is the same liberties that I have with the with League One. Even though, uh, let's face it, there's not that many good League One jerseys. <laughs> but offers there, you don't have to decide right now. I'm just saying I'm gonna I'll throw it out there if you want to do it because. Like, I mean, I'll still have the lead, but it does shrink the lead a little bit more. Just a little bit, but it's still, it would help. Yeah. Also, remember the caveat also for this year, we're also adding trophies. Uh, trophies, so that also removes a lot of trophies for me. Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess that makes sense. All right, all right. Bayern Munich is officially off the off the table. So it's just it's just Italy. It's just the Serie A, La Liga, and the English Premier League, which we don't have to mention. It. All the teams are involved, but yeah. So Bayern Munich is usually off there. So it help, it takes it, it it takes away three points for me. So it, it it shrinks the lead a little bit, but it's still there. But Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, everyone needs the points. That's the 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 part that matters more than anything <laughs> Damn. else. Damn, this is basically. I feel like this is a pity thing. No, because I mean, I'll be honest. I'm just not really a Bayern Munich fan. Like I, I used to think I was, but yeah, it's 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 it, it literally was because of Philip. <laughs> it's, so I learned that about myself. Because <laughs> like my only Bayern Munich jersey is a Philip Lom jersey, which I which yeah. the jersey's ruined because the the lettering is all, is is all scratched off. But 
well, the number is all messed up now. But but yeah, I, I found out real quick that I was just a Philip Lom fan. Yeah. I mean, I did notice that you did stop, not stop following, but like you were more excited when Philip Lom was playing. Yeah, I, I only cared about Philip Lom. Uh, well, I mean, also when they had Chambi Alonso, but I mean, let's face it, Chambi Alonso. Um, <laughs> but yeah, all right. So, so that alleviates Edward a little bit. So, <laughs> Edward just so now hopefully he can. He that's enough boost for Barcelona's confidence. To keep keep the rally going for because Edward is dead last. Um, in the Premier League, the last matchups is Newcastle United taking on Manchester United. Um, there has been some rumors speculating that. Manchester United is going to be cleaning house, uh, getting rid of the getting rid of the fat over there on that team of the players, not the coach, but of the players, and they're gonna bring in the guys that Ten Hag wants. Which, what have they been doing this whole time? <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I was like, I thought that that's, what, I thought that's what they were doing. <laughs> Yeah, right. I was like, isn't that the reason why they, we brought Anthony? Is, I don't know why I said we. Isn't that the reason why they brought Anthony in? Is that the reason why they brought Lissandra Martinez in? Isn't that the reason why they... What, what's that fullback? I don't remember the fullback now. There was like some Dutch fullback. From... Oh, wasn't it Mat- Matthias Legit? No, no, that wasn't... No, that's a... That's a center back. No, who's a fullback? Who are you thinking of? There's, it's not, he wasn't an Ajax player. He was like, uh, maybe Feyenoord or PSV. Oh, um, Malasia. There we go. That guy. I don't know what happened uh, to him. Tiro Malasia, for real, dude. And he's actually pretty up there. That's like, overall, that's right like here. me with Jurian Timber with Arsenal. <laughs> well, he got injured. That's what happened to him. But, mm. uh, but yeah. So. Newcastle United versus Manchester United. So we'll see how that pans out. Uh, Manchester City taking on Tottenham. The, I don't know, don't know how to feel. Uh, I mean, to be to be fair, like Tottenham, they, they pull wins out of nowhere sometimes. And sometimes yeah, I just don't know if I'd rather, if I, like, on, I should be wanting Manchester City to lose. I honestly should mm-hmm. want them to lose because they're the team behind Arsenal right now on the table. Um, but I really hate Tottenham. So, like, oh, like I don't like seeing Tottenham win. Not even like just period. I just don't like seeing them win. Um, everyone else, Tottenham's the, the team I hate the most. I hate. I I point this out. I've hate. I hate Tottenham more than I hate Barcelona. So that's got That's got to say a lot of things. Um. Yeah. So. I I don't know. I don't I don't think I want them to beat Manchester City. <laughs> Even though yeah. I should want them to beat Manchester City. Right. Oh my god. I mean, this is This is literally that that me that meme of um of Larry David when he just is contemplating of whether or not uh I don't know what he's contemplating about, but he's contemplating about something. Um but that's how I feel. Like I'm just like I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I should be rooting for Ta- I can't even say those words. I can't even say those words. Um, yeah, I'm probably. I I kind of want Manchester City to beat Tottenham. I'm sorry. Can't do it. Can't do it, Edward. Can't do it. <laughs> can you mutter? Can you muster up the courage to say those words? 
I don't want to see them win. I don't like seeing them yeah. win. I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. Not one bit, but but yeah. All right, so those are the matches. There's a lot of matches going on, man, but if you guys need a beginner's guide, well, here you are. These are some good matches to go ahead and watch. We're going to take one more break, and then we're going to wrap this show up with the worst places to go on a first date reaction. Are you ready to elevate your sports betting experience? Look no further than DraftKings Sportsbook. Why choose DraftKings Sportsbook? Unmatched variety. Bet on your favorite sports leagues or discover new ones to follow. Live betting. Test your instincts and feel the adrenaline as you bet in real time while a game unfolds. Promotions and boosted odds. DraftKings keeps the excitement going with a range of promotions, odds boosts, and special offers. And a user-friendly interface. Whether you're a seasoned better or new to the game, DraftKings' intuitive platform makes placing bets a breeze. Ready to dive in? BellyUp Sports has partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook to give you an exclusive offer. Sign up at dkng.co forward slash bellyup150 and new customers will get $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet $5 or more. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your love for sports to the next level. Sign up today and let the games begin. Please gamble responsibly. 21 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. And we're back. All right. A list came out not th- not that long ago. It's not recent, but it's that it's not that it wasn't that long ago of a list that came out of the worst places to go on a first date. It was specifically 28 things that would be ter- once again the, the 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 part that you should meant to highlight is first date. So which I think is fair to say that there are certain places that you shouldn't be going on a first date. Uh, just period. Um Reason being, I think everyone can agree to this, but you don't know this person very well yet. The whole point of the first date is to get to know this person to see if you guys have a mutual. Well, okay, well, obviously there's an attraction because you guys are wanting to go on a date, but if you get to know this person a little bit more, and now you're the the connection gets stronger. I guess if that makes any sense. Uh, what I, I don't know. I think I'm failing here. Edward. What's the best way to describe a first date? Basically, you're gonna to try to see if there's any, if there's any connect connection. Chemistry. There we go. Chemistry. Is the word. Chemistry. Yeah. There's the attraction, like, but it, now it, the it, chemistry it, is. Yeah. Sometimes you can even have a, a first date and there's really not like a attraction, but you're like, hey, I feel I'm vibing with this person. Let me go ahead and oh, get the first date out. Like a blind date. Way. Kind of. Yeah. Do people do blind dates again ever? Do people do blind dates anymore? There's Bumble and whatever. Well, I mean, that's not really that blind. That's not that blind unless we're talking about catfishing. (laughs) But all right. All right. So here is the first place on the list of places to not go on a first date. Number one, Cheesecake Factory. Really? That's That's a bad one? Yeah, apparently. I I I don't I don't necessarily see the issue with Cheesecake Factory. I I think it's nice. Um, maybe maybe it's too nice. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's too nice for know, a first man. date. I don't know. Or is it because it's a chain restaurant? Are we not supposed no. to go to chain restaurants? I don't know, man. I I'm gonna debate. I'll I'll call bullshit on this one. I think I don't think it's a bad place for a first date. I think anything 
dinner related as long as it's not like fast food or like a like a really cheap like chain restaurant um which that um, that cheesecake factory doesn't count um i think it's fair game i think dinner is a safe first date choice like it's not a bad choice to go out on go out for dinner like you know like one you're eating and then two you're the whole point is to talk to the person so like you're in a social place and you got some nice ambiance i like cheesecakes um so i think cheesecake factory works okay all right ready for number two yeah applebee's That's a bad place. Yeah, I'm. I'm also gonna mention number two. Num- no, I mean number three. Number three is Chili's. Chili's, which is basically Chili's. the same thing. Applebee's and Chili's is the same thing. Huh. Uh, well, at least to me, it's the same thing. They they get the menu is almost identical. Um. That's so weird. Okay, I I can kind no no I can't I can't I, maybe because it's like gimmicky or like shenanigans i don't know i don't think like i mean as long as i guess you don't try to like go have these on the two for 20 meal like i think you're fine but yeah that's weird i i don't think i don't i think i think i don't think these are bad places for a first date it's not like one i'm not taking you out to like some freaking brazilian steakhouse or anything like that on the first date um that's like an anniversary spot you know yeah. All right, but that's that's number three. Number four, Chipotle. That makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't. Uh, I would. Yeah, I, I would classify that as fast food. So yeah, that that's that's fast food. That's so like, I I agree with that one. It's like Chipotle and Taco Cabana. I think are in the same lane. Yeah. Like, anything that can, you pick. can, if if it has a drive through, let's just not go for a first date. But I would argue, what if you're a high school student? Or what about? Or okay. You say if it has a drive-through, not to go on that one. What about um, Wingstop? Yeah, no. Um, also, it's messy. You're you're getting. That's not like a good first impression either. Also, depends on the person who you're. Depends depends on who you're going with, but. Yeah, I mean, I would love going to Wingstop on a first date, but that's that's also me, and that that I'm assuming that person I'm taking no, to Wingstop is probably no, you. No, no, <laughs> so, no, you're 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 the person to take on a first date to Pluckers. Oh no, I'm not taking you to Pluckers. Pluckers is my happy place. I'm not gonna ru- let you ruin Pluckers for me. Oh, you hoe. <laughs> I mean, I took you. I took her, her for your birthday. Take, take 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 her take her to the Pluckers uh, that you don't go to the the farthest one away. I've gone to I've gone to most of them here in Houston. That's what I'm saying. Like take take it to the one over there off uh, off of a. Uh, what do you I want me to take her to Austin? <laughs> no, what is it? Is it six ten? Is it six ten? No, it's it's I ten, but on the other on the other side of six ten instead of on our side. No, so yeah, that, I've been side. to that one. The one on the one by Memorial Mall. Not Memorial Mall. The other one on the, on the other side. On the other side of our of uh, of six ten. Instead of being on this side of six ten, I'm talking about the other side of six ten. Mm, okay, you got me there. It's a it's a small. They're one. also it's they're also building one in Maryland, so I'm I'm excited for that one. Uh, Ooh, 
Uh, but anyways, number five, Olive Garden. Fuck you. Fuck hey, you. Olive Garden's good. <laughs> I love Olive Garden. Is it maybe because it's like the all you can eat? Um, I'm I'm assuming that whoever made this list just assumes that Olive Garden is just beneath them. But I would argue it's a great place for a first date because one, it's not expensive. You you do have a good amount of privacy. It's a public place, but you do have good privacy for you for you to get to know somebody. So I don't think it's a bad place for a first date. Yeah. I've also taken somebody out to Olive Garden and she was not happy about it. And so that didn't work out. But that just told me that that was just not the type of woman that I want to be dating. So, as a matter of fact, I but, told this story to some other friends, to some some people that I know from when I worked at the Astros, and they told me if you would have taken me to Olive Garden, I would be happy. So, ha, it's off the take it off the list. That makes that makes sense. <laughs> Number six, the movies. Um, I would argue. If it's dinner and a movie, it works. But like, I would say the movies is better when you were a high school student. What about a studio movie, girl? That's nice. That's nice too. What but like for a first, I I get for a first day because you're not really talking. True, true. You're just true. sitting there and watching a movie. But like, I think for as a high school student, going to the movies is actually a pretty good bet because obviously one, you don't have a lot of money. I don't know how expensive it is now to go to a movie theater. I can't tell you off the top of my head, but it you, the reason like, I mean, when in high school, most of my dates were going to the movies. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think as I, I think for adults, maybe it's a little different because obviously conversation and all that, like it, but I, I, I think if you combine it with movie and a date, I think it's a, you know, dinner and a movie. Like if it's dinner and a movie or lunch, lunch and lunch and a movie, or go to Studio Movie Grill, but like at the same time, it's like you want to still be able to talk, get to know this person, and you can't really do that when you're sitting there watching a movie. But I think as a high school student, it's a little bit different. But I think for I think for high school students, going to the movies is a good first date. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know what? It's true. Like I haven't, I haven't gone to the movies like on a date in a long, long time. Like really yeah. long. I think it's been a year or we're two. We're too we're too busy yelling yelling at the screen for how how unrealistic or how un- inaccurate it is towards the comic books. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Uh number seven, your house. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's I'm not arguing that one. Uh number mm-hmm. eight is any fast food chain. Fair point. I agree. Okay. Uh, yeah. Number nine, Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> Isn't it the same as like Plucker? It, it 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 is. I will agree to it because of. Well, one, I don't I don't go to I don't go to Buffalo Wild Wings anymore because fuck them. Um, but um, it. it I would say sports bar is probably not a good place for a first date, and I will count Buffalo Wild Wings as a sports bar. Bomb shows. Probably definitely not go there for a first date. <laughs> any any type of restaurant, I think. No. Uh number 10, Wingstop. We already we already actually brought that up, so so we're good on that one. Number eleven, red lobster. Really? <laughs> I like red lobster. I don't think red lobster is bad. 
I think this kind of goes back to Olive Garden. I think it's just because whoever made this list feels it's beneath them. But I love Red Lobster. I don't think anybody's going to say no to I, – I don't think anyone's going to say no to free food. <laughs> you know? But Red Lobster, I don't think it's bad. A buffet, I agree. You know, it's probably a terrible first impression too as well. Seeing you like glut out on on freaking endless endless supply of soup, you know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's the same with uh, what is it? Um, there was one other place that had like an endless supply of something. It's not like a uh, Olive Garden had the breadsticks and salad and and, and soup. Uh, and soup. But there's another place that had like endless supply of. You know what? Um. I want to say five Five Guys Burger. I think they actually do refills on fries. I mean, I want good to luck finishing do. the first set of fries. No, that's what I'm saying. Uh, number thirteen is IHOP, and I'll throw Denny's in there as well. I well, Den- Denny's is also added to it. Uh, it was fourteen, so I'll just add that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see why you would go on a first date to IHOP or Denny's. Yeah, unless well, you're going for breakfast, which I really doubt it. Which I mean, how many days do you go in the morning? So, yeah, right. um, number uh, number fifteen is the gym. I agree. <laughs> Any argument on that one, Edward? Nope. <sighs> All right. There's no. There's, you're not really eating. I would. I would suggest like okay. Going to the gym as a date, unless y'all like... met at no, not, not even there. Like what? I was like, I was trying to pull a caveat, but I guess no. Why would you? Why would your first date be you guys working out? Like I, once again, no socialize. Well, I mean, yes, you you could you could socialize during the gym, but like, yeah, I know. I wouldn't. I I know. Yeah, gym is. I feel like that's not even something to be proud of either. Um, number sixteen, church. I agree. Um, It's a little personal, I think. Especially if you're taking them to your specific church. You know, because obviously when your church is your community, so it's like kind of bringing them over to meet your family because like everybody in your your church, you've... I'm not saying that you're close to everybody in your church, but I'm sure you you converse with people at your church. And and so they've known, they've seen you, they've, they've known you, so... You know, that's basically like introducing somebody to your family in, in some sense, um, depending on how, how you are with your church. But, yeah, so I agree with church. Church is probably not a good place for a first date. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to combine 17 and 18, uh, Starbucks and coffee dates. I think coffee dates are actually a really safe choice for a date, especially for a first date. It's like the perfect no-pressure place to go on a date. Like, it's got great ambiance. You can sit there. You can talk for hours. As a matter of fact, I can tell you that for a fact because I've actually done that. Um, yeah, and who says, I mean, unless the person, the only reason why this would not work out if the person doesn't like coffee. So that would be the only reason why you, the coffee is not a probably a good first date spot. But I would say a coffee date is actually, like, a really good, safe first date choice. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, I mean, before, like a while back, 
a long time ago, I would do a tea house, boba, you know, stuff like that. I mean, you could throw that. You could throw that in there. Yeah. Um, number nineteen, ice cream dates. I think if you're in high school, this works. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I. I yeah, I, I, maybe not as a first date. I think like if you're dating for a while and you, you're going on a nice stroll and there's like, an ice cream like ice cream place or like an ice cream truck. Yeah, go get ice cream. What's, what's the harm? Um, number twenty, family functions definitely not the best place for a first, the the worst place for a first date. I would say that's worse than going to church. Um, that would be the worst place to do is for them to meet your family when you're not even sure what this relationship is. Yeah, yeah. So that's that should be that should be number one. <laughs> that should be number one. Not not freaking. Not freaking Cheesecake Factory. Family functions should be number one. Uh, 21, movie night, which means Netflix, Hulu. Basically, which, I mean, it, it goes back to going to your house. So, yeah, no, not a good first date option. Something Somewhere that requires a long drive. Nothing on a first date should require a long drive because you should not be going on a trip with anybody. So, uh, or do you disagree or do we keep moving? Mm, I agree with you. All right. Uh, 23 is bowling. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not against it, but I can see why it would be a weird choice for a date. Um, I feel like a lot of us, like, I mean, back when Funplex was a thing, a, a lot of us went, went putt-putting with, with our dates. Felt like that's, it's like a, I, maybe for high school, I think high school is a good choice. Um, 24, nightclubs, fuck nightclubs. I, I agree. Mm, you you can't talk. You're just dancing. And if you don't like Not dancing, then what are you doing there? Drinking. Well, I guess that's you. Uh, twenty five hookah bar. I mean, if this person doesn't like to smoke and hookah bar, I mean, I'm not really a hookah guy anyway. So, so yeah, I agree. Uh, twenty six bars for just drinks. This depends. I don't think yeah, it's it really a good first depend. date. Yeah, but I agree. But yeah, uh, twenty-seven Waffle House. I think we already said everything about breakfast establishments, and number twenty-eight sports events. Which I I agree, I agree. I will never take somebody out on a first date to a sporting event. Um, that is, that's for like down the road. But I mean, if the person likes a sports team, it depends. I think if if both of you guys are. If you guys both met because you guys are both sports fa- fans of a one uh, of a specific sports team or a specific sport, I don't think it's a bad idea. But for me, I would say it's not a good place for a first date. What say you, Edward? Um, I don't know. It just depends if the girl is down to actually do sports, like. If she's down, like she likes sports stuff, because there's a lot of. Girls no, I agree. That, it makes know. sense if you both like sports, but I don't think. But I don't. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a good one. That's an expensive first date, <laughs> but. Because I will tell you, like, I'm not trying to spend a lot on a first date. And you know, obviously, getting if you're going to take somebody out to a sporting event, you're trying to get them good seats. <laughs> you, you know, you're not trying to. 
you're not going to nosebleeds. <laughs> like you're, you're trying to get them some good seating. So, so like for me, I think I think for a, a a sports date, it has to be that you both like the sports team. But if not, then I don't think it's a good place for a sport uh for a for a date for a first date of yeah. anything. Uh, but for the list, I think a lot of people are just overreacting to like the chain restaurants, not the fast food restaurants, the chain restaurants, which obviously Olive Garden, Red Lobster, uh, Applebee's, and so on and so forth. Like, I get it that it's a chain and blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's the reason why you guys are complaining that it's beneath you. But I think those are really safe places for a first date. Because yeah. one, it's a first date. So you're not trying to spend a lot of money on someone that you're not entirely sure if it's going to be like a good relationship. Like, it's not a, it's not a relationship. It's literally a first date to find out who this person is and to see if you guys click. So not going to take you to a Brazilian steakhouse or to a freaking hibachi grill. You know what I mean? No. But I think that's also like on the, the depending on the person. I think there's some people out there that would love to go to Olive Garden. And then there's people out there that wouldn't. And uh, those people are missing out. That's all I got to say. But. All right, that is episode 154. I want to give a shout out to the Belly Up Podcast Network, Belly Up Sports, man. Um, check out their website, bellyupsports.com. Follow them on Instagram and X at Belly Up Media and at Belly Up Sports. Also, shout out to Gold TV. Obviously, you know, you guys got to hear Jose Tez. You're going to hear him for a while until we're done with the MLS Cup. Um, you know, he's a great guy. You know, he built Gold TV, which is an amazing product. Um, lots of great soccer content being put over there. Go to goals.tv, G-O-L-Z.tv. It is free right now to subscribe to it. So take advantage of it right now before it blows up and now you got to pay. But go ahead and check them out. Uh, follow them on Instagram at G-O-L-Z.tv. Once again, at G-O-L-Z.tv. And on the X at G-O-L-Z underscore TV. Once again, G-O-L-Z underscore TV. And of course, Shout out to our man, Roosevelt Spencer, the namesake of the Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year Award, which uh, I think I think we're going to have maybe two more weeks of nominating players for Players of the Week before we close it down because there's currently a two-way tie for the Player of the Year Award, so we might have to do a vote for Player of the Year. So we'll keep you posted on that. But... He is the namesake of the Roosevelt Spencer Player of the Year Award. We love him so much. He makes great intros and outros. He does all the audio for our singing bets. Um, so I apologize. I always apologize to, to him in advance because God does he have to make miracles happen. Um, but yeah, so hit him up on Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, at that guy dope. Um, you know, message him, see if you need some beat work done, because he'll take great care of you like he always does with us. But yeah, man. Um, you know, I'm excited. Houston Dynamo MLS Cup MLS Cup Conference Finals haven't been here since 2017, so it feels great for them to be right back in it. And hopefully, they're available available to play on the in on December 29th because it is when I'm celebrating my birthday. My birthday is December 12th, but it would be awesome to to celebrate my birthday with a Houston Dynamo MLS Cup. Um, but yeah. Thank you for listening to episode 154. Catch us next week for episode 155, where we're going to talk more MLS, preview the MLS Cup final, and do more previews of Liga and Mackey's 
and I'm sure some other crazy stuff in the world of soccer. So thank you so much for listening. Catch us next week.